0: Hi, yeah, I'm late. It's what it is. Um, uh, by the way, appropriate weather for the last couple of days, considering how things have gone for the Orioles. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, I'm Glenn, and he's Griffin. Uh, it took me over an hour to traverse from northern Baltimore County to Towson this morning. Uh, bad day to be a tree, and um, some of you, including... Kadria smiled, smile this guy. I left early. That's the funny part about it. I left earlier than usual this morning. Not because I was thinking about the weather. and I I was aware that it rained last night. I was not aware that it was a storm of the century or whatever apparently it was. Thousand year storm. Um, I actually left a little bit earlier because we have so much to do today that I needed to get some of it done before the show. About that that ain't happening thank you all for your very uh your kind thoughts and uh and and uh you've been very very kind i appreciate that and it's uh uh you know it's what it is nothing i can do about it so it is today by the way th- this was the week we were supposed to start doing new opens for the show but you never pitched me an idea for a new open yeah so. good yeah yeah you're right we're good we're um. doing well we're doing well. Just want to let everybody know we're doing really well here. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery tonight with Tyus Bowser for the Tyus Bowser Show. And Tyus' special guest tonight is Justin Houston. So it will be a fun night. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you guys out at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North for the Tyus Bowser Show this evening We will see you there starting at 7 o'clock, and you can meet your favorite Baltimore football players and one free autograph per person. It's going to be a a fun night. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Grill as well as Maryland Vascular Specialists. We will um, it's a partnership Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. We'll be looking forward to doing this all throughout the season. You can find out more details, pressboxonline.com/slash Bowser. If you missed the show tonight, shame on you. You'll be able to watch it, Facebook, YouTube, all those places. Um, and and you'll be able to hear it Friday night on 1057 The Fan. But if you do that, no offense, you won't be able to meet Tyus Bowser. And you won't be able to meet Justin Houston, which you can do tonight. They're always like, oh, there's got to be a catch. No, there's not. <laughs> just come out. Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. We will see you there. Uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, Hall of Famer James Lofton will join us. He is on the call Sunday for Week 1, Ravens Jets on CBS, a little bit later on in the program. Gabe Blacks will check in with us, uh, USA Today. He wrote a little about Adley Rutschman. We'll talk to him about you know, just the unfortunate way that the last couple of days have gone. There's no getting around it. It is bad, bad, bad. Um, and, uh, of course, it's also Tuesday, so that means Simply the Bets a little bit later on this morning. Simply the Bets is brought to you by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. We do it every Tuesday morning at 1140. Uh, weekend at Bookies every other Thursday morning at 1140, and i this week is a weekend of bookies week, right? or is next? No, we did we did it. Yeah, we did weekend. We did it last week. So we're off this week. Yo, my brain is still somewhere on Jarrettsville Pike where I said to myself, "Well, there's cars traveling the other way on the road, so clearly you can get by." I just, I'm, I'm guessing that just means that like they've got one lane shut down. Well, it turns out all the cars that were traveling on the other side of the road were all the cars in front of me that had bailed and turned around. And by the way, if there was ever a morning where I was going to bail entirely on the show, today, if I worked a normal job, this is a straight shoot, if I worked a normal job, I would have ended up calling out today because I, this is why I stopped working in D.C. It There is nothing that will drive you insane more than sitting in a car and not knowing what's going on, it will mess with your mental health, and then you're no good. I, I mean, I'm never any good on this show anyway, but you, know, you guys are used to that for whatever reason. You, a couple of you still tune in, so <laughs> you're getting what you're getting today. I feel like whenever that happens, I'm almost—I
1: always like try to check my phone too, and for some reason, I just lose. Like, oh, oh, all the, the spot, the
0: spot yeah. on the road. Yeah. Um. Of course, is the spot where there's no service. Right. So I'm just sitting there for. Ever forever. I can't reply it, but I'm I I I can see everybody sent me all these nice messages on Twitter, and again, that you're all very kind. Um, but I'm I can't I can't respond to any of them. I can't even let Griffin know what's going on until I I think like ten minutes before ten o'clock I finally got to a place where there was cell phone service. It is insane. So it's the closest I've ever been to just saying the hell with it. See you guys tonight at, at Guilford Brewery Hall. Or Gifford Hall Brewery. That's it. that's where my brain is. That's the closest I've ever been to just saying, "Nope, ain't gonna be a show today." I've never done that before, other than like when my kid was born, and uh, well, we just did it over the summer. In fact, we did it over the summer, but that was for we had planned that ahead of time. Right. I've never done that where I I did even when I have been. I had pink eye and I came in and did the show one morning. I don't know why <laughs> there is not nearly that uh, much of that demand. I feel like there was a time... When I got the kidney stones, I came in and I did the show the next wow. day. You're, um, you're just a trooper. I'm trying I mean, to think of if there was an, a, a sickness that kept me away from the show. and I don't even feel like there was. I don't think I've ever missed the show due to illness. I don't think that's ever occurred. But maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Moral of the story is today was the closest I've ever been. And yes, even more frustrating is I was thinking about the the baseball games from the last couple days. Um, I'm not going to be the guy, as I said yesterday, it's very difficult to be overdramatic in baseball because there are so many games and things can change so quickly, but it really does feel like yesterday was sort of a funeral. Um, there's kind of no way around it. There's four and a half games back, you're four and a half games back and you got a couple of weeks left. It's not as if teams haven't overcome Um, these types of deficits before, and again, there are multiple teams. It's not like the Blue Jays are the only team that would have to go into a tailspin. There's the scenario where the Rays could go into a tailspin, or the Mariners could go into a tailspin. It could happen. It's extraordinarily unlikely, and it was always unlikely, and it was always an uphill battle, and Again, I, I'm not going to move the goalposts. I said all I wanted was meaningful baseball on Labor Day, and I got that. I got the Orioles playing meaningful baseball on Labor Day. It just still stings. It still hurts. Um, you know, we'll still watch the games. It's not over just yet. There's still relevant baseball to be played. But from the excitement of Gunnar Henderson getting called up, and hey, maybe he really is just that special that he could be the the, the missing piece, and the Orioles put together um a string of wins to getting shut out by the athletics and now getting swept in a doubleheader the the, the most important day of the season. Ugh. And I get it, like half the story was you didn't have any pitching. You were counting on Mike Bauman and a bullpen game. What was gonna happen? But it's still a it's a huge gut punch. There's just no way around it. It's a huge, huge Gut punch. It's not over. It's important to keep saying that. It's not over. They'll still go play the games, and if they can string together wins, we'll look up in a few days and be like, hey, you know, don't look now, but they're kind of doing this again. They're kind of getting back in. It just doesn't feel like it's practical to think that that is possible. And I hope... I hope I end up being wrong, but it really feels like the type of this was the end of it. This this was, you needed this, you didn't get it, it's probably all about done. Uh, Sean wants to know what I thought about the Bachelorette last night. Sure. Uh, uh, yesterday shows, this from Wall Street Window. Well, yesterday shows why vets are needed in a playoff run situation. If Odor was playing second base, likely two double plays. And game one, 100%. You know, that, that's the tough spot. I, I, I like Gunnar Henderson, but I sort of said, I don't like the idea of just telling Gunnar Henderson he's going to play a different position every day. I, I think that's insane to ask of a 21-year-old. If Odor was playing second base, likely two double plays in game one where Henderson dropped the ball. He's bad and good, but no second base experience. Then Hall plays scared. He threw a pitch. Yeah, D.L. Hall was a mess. Of course, Brian Baker was too. He threw a pitch that hit the wall that bounced back to him. Him being in the big league bullpen uh, call-up is scary. He's over his head. Minor league stats are all walks. It is all hope. He will improve. All hope. Nothing in minor league stats to show he's a good pitcher ready to play now. Pitchers that throw at the wall and ball bounces back. Okay, so that's over. That that by the way is way over the top. The idea that because one wild pitch proves that somebody can't—that stop. Wild pitches happen. I mean they have a brick wall behind. Sometimes it's going to bounce back. That's the way that it goes. Now, yes, it was a it was a bad wild pitch. But bad a lot of good pitchers throw bad wild pitches. That that's a thing. That occurs. But to your point that you're putting guys in positions that maybe aren't favorable, yeah. At some point, when you saw how things were going for Jorge Mateo, I, too, probably would have said, hey, Gunner, we need you to work at third base every day for the next three weeks. Because when you get caught up, you're playing third base, and that's it. Asking him to play multiple positions never made sense to me. I didn't get it. And, yes, it definitely hurt them yesterday. There's no question. It hurt them in game one of the doubleheader yesterday, Gunner Henderson's lack of experience at second base. We'll talk more Orioles as the show goes on. But it's also game week, finally. We have reached week one of the NFL season. The NFL season technically gets underway two days from now when the Bills and Rams play the Thursday night opener. The Ravens open up the season in New York, or New Jersey, on Sunday against the Jets. Joining us now, the man who will be on the call, he is the Hall of Famer, the great James Lofton, and he's back with us here on GCR. James, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time, and a happy week one to you, my friends.
2: Well, I hope it's a happy week. You started off kind of sad about the Orioles, yeah. Or, or angered about the Orioles. Yeah, it's like. a
0: bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. it's a bummer. We were having a magical well, well, season. Well,
2: I, I live in I live in San Diego, and so we're concerned about the Shoo. Padres out here. Shoot, it's that's
0: so sad. We like yeah. we we still love Manny around here, and it's just so sad to watch a team that's trying to do everything. Like the owners are trying to spend, they're trying to give you a winner. Yep. And, <sighs> they just can't get over the hump. Well, um, we are hoping to not be sad about the Ravens, James. Let me just, I, I guess, start with this, right? This team a year ago, even with a large number of injuries, was off to an 8-3 and three start. Um, things, yep. things look great. If they have most of it back, and I get we still have questions about Ronnie Stanley and the running back situation, but the secondary appears to be intact. They have most of it back. Do you believe this team is right back to being among the teams to beat in the AFC?
2: Uh, certainly, you know, because that has been their uh, MO for, it seems like, almost forever, for at least the last 10 years that they've been a playoff-caliber team each and every year that they step out on the field.
0: I mean, it seems that simple, and they they happen to have Lamar Jackson, and I hear he's good. <laughs> Um, yep. We saw a bit of a stretch before he got hurt last year, James, where Lamar you know, went from playing some of his best football that we've ever seen him play in the early portion of the season to, frankly, playing some of the worst football that we've ever seen him play in those four weeks before he got hurt when he was facing the all-out blitz and the cover zero. Um, what did you make of what you saw from that point, and what does Lamar need to do this season to get back to being maybe the guy that we saw more the, er- the early part of the season a year ago?
2: Well, I think when we watch Lamar play, we think that he's doing it all by himself and, and that nothing could be further from the truth. You have to have a consistent play from the offensive line. You have to have the timely play from the pass receivers. Uh, and you have to have the, the running backs really hitting it up in their heart. You've got to have all the elements that this offense is about to be successful. And the better that the people around Lamar Play. You know, we always think that it's just the quarterback, but the better that the people around him play, the better off this team is going to be.
0: So, one of the things that we've been concerned about, um, James, is wide receiver. So I- ironic that um, we're talking to you, of course.
2: <laughs> we
0: like what we've seen from Rashad Bateman. We think he's a talent, yep. but the, you know, it's a two-part question. One, he's now going to get a lot of attention. Obviously, Mark Andrews will get the most attention, but he's going to get a lot of it. Is is he ready to be a number one type of wide receiver and are you concerned about, you know, the, the lack of depth, the lack of experience they brought in Demarcus Robinson who helps a little bit in that way, but it's still largely a nondescript group of receivers that the Ravens are throwing out there.
2: But each and every one of the guys that they they've kind of picked at receiver, you know, you look at Duernay, you look at Prochet, drafted and then they made the rosters. So they've they've made that jump to where they can become contributors. Now, there might have been people in front of them in line before, but now they're at the forefront of the line. And and I I don't think that we can discount uh, Isaiah Likely that we saw during the preseason. Sure, Uh, He looks like everything that you want in that 1B tight end. And he looks like a player who is going to uh, be able to carry his weight on the field. I looked at the one drive. That he had during the preseason where it seemed like he caught about six or seven passes in a row. And he didn't fatigue himself. And, and that's the earmark of a go-to receiver. Somebody who's at his best any time that you need to go to him.
0: I mean, I, Ian, I, I hope that he ends up... I, I have all the hope in the... Way. James Lofton is with us here in GCR. I love everything I saw about Isaiah Likely. I still have to remind myself it was preseason football, and a lot of the guys he was going right. up against are going to be in the XFL.
3: <laughs> you know, like,
0: I, <laughs> I, I, I still have to do that, but yes, there was so much to like about what we saw from Isaiah Likely. Um, I, I feel like a lot of us are of the belief that the intent for the Ravens is to try to re- re- recreate what they did in 2019, to try to get back to dominant run game, run, 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 and, and work from there, I guess it's twofold. One, do you believe they can do that? And two, if that is what they're planning to do, do you believe they can win a Super Bowl doing that, James?
2: Well, I believe that they can win any game that they play in doing that if you get the complementary pieces from your defense and also your special teams where you get good returns, you get great coverage. Uh, Justin Tucker does what he does all the time. Um, so when you, when you look at who the Super Bowl champion is each and every year, it's, it's just not offense. It's just not a great defense, but it's that, that timely plays during the course of a game. You know, I often say, and I know it's probably corny when I'm saying it during the course of a game, that if your defense can play like an NBA defense with, with a stop at the end of the first half, a stop at the end of the fourth quarter, you've got a chance to win the game. way that offenses play now and the way that the rules are slanted toward the offense so if you can get a couple of those stops during the course of a game it's not like you're going to go out and beat teams 35 to 7 every week it's going to be more shootouts even once the ravens went eight and three last year Mm -hmm. the games that they lost down the stretch were those one score games
0: Mm -hmm. there's no doubt there's no doubt obviously it would have helped to have all their pieces out there for those games I think the other concern that folks around here have, um, James, is the, the, the again, the lack of edge rush. That, you know, they're yep. going to hope to get Tyus Bowser back uh, here in a few weeks, but it is a really thin group. It's Adafi Owe, it's Justin Houston at an elevated age, and end of list for the moment. Like, that's it, and maybe David Ajabo can help at some point during the course of the season. We're getting used to a new defensive coordinator. In the past, there used to be the thought that, hey, Wink Martindale will scheme up the pressure. You don't have to worry about it being an individual effort. Um, what do you expect from the new-look Ravens defense with Mike McDonald now in charge?
2: Well, I think that that new look has to have an asterisk next to it because you know, you're talking about a guy who had been on the staff from 2014 to 2020. So it's not like he doesn't understand what John Harbaugh wants from this defense. And and even though we always talk about defensive coordinators, they work in coordination with the head coach and the offensive coordinator to try and structure what this team is going to look like and what they are able to do. Um, The fact that they kind of loaded up on the secondary with Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams, um, I I just think that's a good sign right there because they gave up so, so many big passes last year, and not just passes over the head, but also passes where you, you had a short pass and and then you weren't getting the tackles that you would normally get. So um, that's going to be important to uh, shutting people down offensively.
0: Uh, James Lofton is with us. He, of course, will be on the call Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS, as the Ravens take on the Jets. Um, James, let me go to the other side of this on Sunday. Oddly, it feels like Ravens fans would rather Zach Wilson come back and play because – you know, there's that fear of Joe Flacco yeah, they, wanting to yeah. kind of shove it up your, you know, you you know what, um, if he were to get that opportunity. What do you make of all of that? I mean, I, I the, the the reality is Joe hasn't really played all that much. When he has played, he hasn't played all that well. So, so that doesn't seem like there'd be much to fear. But is there some bizarro world where maybe the Ravens are better off facing Zach Wilson on Sunday and not knowing about a potential Joe Flacco revenge game?
2: You know, I have a, a lot of clothes in my closet, but I haven't, don't have that many things that I've bought in the last couple of years that are real fashionable. But if I go in there, I can normally find something that looks halfway decent. Mm. And that's the same way with Joe Flacco. Like you said, he hadn't played a lot lately. Two games last year, uh, I think four games the year before that, you know, when he was out in Denver. So it, it, it's been kind of, uh, uh, let's see, but he knows how to do it. Mm. And... The Baltimore fans have seen him do it, so that's that's what they're worried about. They're worried, worried about Joe Flacco coming out there getting dressed up.
0: It's a very. By the way, that's a, it's. A, are you using? Did you prepare that for the broadcast on Sunday? Jay?
2: I, I, I did. I, I did. That is, I did that is really good I may have to use it though. <laughs> that is that is really good.
0: Oh. Um, are the Jets? Is it possible that they're better? That they can be a threat or like I. It, it, it feels really easy for folks around here to say, it's the Jets. Even if the Ravens are banged sure. up, they should walk in there and have no problem. But, you know, this is week one of an NFL season. Hope, of course, brings eternal. They did add a few first-round picks. Like, are the Jets more of a threat than perhaps people realize they are?
2: Well, here in San Diego, uh, tomorrow I'll do a local TV show where, at the end of it, they'll ask me, who are your Super Bowl picks? And I will him and haw and, and try and not answer yeah. because I don't want to answer until the end of October, until I've kind of seen people play. Um, we don't get much of a look during the preseason any longer. Um, the offseason moves are all trumpeted and, oh, this is going to be the best. It's going to turn us around. And for the Jets, they've made some moves that you, you kind of like and you want to see how they go. Um, they have two 37-year-olds that are going to start, Joe Flacco and Dwayne Brown, and really good players over the course of their careers. Both of them were first-round picks back in 2008. seems like some of the players weren't even born in 2008 almost. Um, so I-, I think it's going to be interesting for the Jets to see what they're able to do, to see what they're able to do at home, uh, and to see how interested the crowd is in this ball game.
0: What, how, what do you mean by that?
2: Well, the the, the Ravens have traveled pretty well and to it, some yeah. of the places that I've seen I, them and play. I'm, ex-
0: I'm expecting, I mean, I, locally. It seems yeah. like there's a lot of folks headed up. Yep,
2: yep. Yeah, that is, so, be interesting. You know, that, that, that can be disconcerting when you are the home team.
0: I, you know, it, it certainly can't, it can't be pleasant. <laughs> it can't be a because lot of what, what fun. You,
2: but, especially if you're stumbling a little bit to start, but like you said, the, the, the offensive talent, skill position that the Jets have, you look at it you go, this could be pretty good. They could be pretty good offensively. And defensively, they like to come after people you know, with their scheme, with Robert Sala and some of the things that they do. And, and they've got a brand new corner out there, Sauce Gardner.
0: Yeah, who, who, by the way, looks to be every ounce of legit. And of course, uh, the Ravens fans had their eyes on Jermaine Johnson. It didn't work out that way for him. Uh, We'll see how that goes. So, I had a really important question for you, James Uh, Lofton. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, as, as I used to tell my kids when they were little, I said the team with the most points.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll probably end up being the one. Yeah, oh. uh, it, you know, the I think the the interesting part and obviously it's great news for you guys on CBS is that like the AFC just appears to be so insanely loaded. Um yep. is is
2: there Qu- a quarter, quarterback featured at, the, at Yeah, the no position. question.
0: Yeah. Is is there a team that it all appears to be a cut above or you know the 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 Ravens the Bengals the Chiefs the Bills all they all appear to sort of be you know set up for the battle D- does any of them separate themselves in your mind is there a favorite at all
2: well i think the toughest division to get through might be the AFC west yeah um when you when you look who who would be your fourth ranked quarterback in the AFC west i i, I guess it would be Carr but
0: you know like he's been yeah. really good
2: <laughs> I, yeah yeah and he's getting Arguably one right. of the better receivers in the National Football League and Devontae Adams, who who's his formerly his best friend. So um yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be an interesting division.
0: All right. He is James Lofton again. Sunday one o'clock on CBS Ravens Jets, he and Andrew Catalan will be on the call for that. James, it's uh, great to hear your voice. We can't wait. I'm sure there'll be a few more of these as the season goes on. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. We'll see you uh, on CBS on Sunday, all right?
2: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: The Hall of Famer, James Lofton, joining us here on GCR to get us ready for the start of the season. Uh, Yeah, we're awaiting word on which quarterback is going to go for the Jets. It could still be Zach Wilson. He got he did return to practice yesterday, and I definitely sense that Ravens fans would prefer if it were Zach Wilson. Part of that, of course, being the Joe Flacco thing. The other part being that Zach Wilson has stunk. Like you're like, yeah, this guy. He might be younger, but we have, we don't know that he's better. So go ahead, and let that guy play. Um, I'm I'm not really all due respect to Joe Flacco, and I mean that. That's not just me saying something like so I can dismiss him. I'm not really fearful of either one. Like, I, I don't sort of have the same feeling of well, I hope it's not Joe. I think he'll go out and I just don't feel that way. I don't feel like anything that happens on Sunday will be because Joe Flacco is trying to have a revenge game. I think if if the Jets find success on Sunday with whoever playing, it will be because the Ravens aren't able to get after the passer And, you know, even getting some of their guys back, like maybe Marcus Peters isn't ready to go be Marcus Peters again. Like, whatever it is, I think those would be the more likely reasons why, if it were to occur, the Ravens would struggle than it being about Joe Flacco, you know, wanting to to shove it up the Ravens' asses. Um, I don't have a lot of fear of that either way. I don't have much fear of that at all. You don't have the fear of Joe Flacco is what No, I don't have the fear of, but I don't really have the fear of much of anything. It seems like I don't know, it
1: seems like it's gonna be one of those games where I feel like the Ravens are in control of the entire game and then we're just gonna find ourselves in the fourth quarter where it's like a one score game yeah. and the Jets have a chance to probably tie it or something. Yeah, maybe. maybe we're gonna have to get a uh, stop.
0: I don't know. Maybe. That's maybe. how I feel. Maybe. I don't I don't really I, I don't I don't see this This looks like a game where the Ravens should be able to dictate pace and show what they're going to do. But if if they're not able to – if J.K. Dobbins, for example, isn't ready and they really are going out there with Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis and those guys go out there and look like Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, then, yeah, then that scenario becomes very real to me. The scenario where the Ravens can't establish the run – where Ronnie Stanley, even though he practiced yesterday, isn't ready to go, and so the offensive line is still kind of in shambles. The Ravens aren't able to establish the run, and the Jets just say, hey, we're going to tee off, and we're going to – that's that's the roadmap to me to the Ravens struggling or being in a close game on Sunday. I, I hope that's not the case, obviously, and I think there's reason to believe that even just from who's going to be on the field, even just from that standpoint, the Ravens could be in better shape than the scenario that I just laid out. You hope that Ronnie Stanley practicing yesterday is a sign of, hey, they were waiting until we were getting ready for a game. He's going to be okay and good to go and, and can be some semblance of Ronnie Stanley again. I hope. Do I know that? No, not at all. Am I concerned? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I am concerned. I am so very concerned about that. All right, Um, busy day. Sorry I was late. Gave you the Hall of Famer James Lofton to make up for it. Today's show uh, also brought to you by the the Fan Variety Hour, which returns today, actually. He and uh, Danny Black, of course, uh, the uh, Baltimore sports collectible man himself. Uh, at Sports Balt, Baltimore Sports Collectibles. We'll be uh, gathering together for a powwow this afternoon. I think uh, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. I'm sorry. I don't remember which time, but he and Danny Black will get together this afternoon. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for that. And Stan's got a busy week. I think he's doing three different shows this week, so he's all over the place. Again, all those shows available live. Facebook.com slash Sports. Uh, the next day at pressboxonline.com slash video or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. When we come back in, Gabe Lax, we will talk more about the Orioles and the reality that faces them. We'll talk about some of the positives, but clearly we have to deal with the negatives and that it don't look great. Uh, that's on the way. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
4: North Point Boulevard.
5: What's up everyone? This is Tyus Bowser and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Grey Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-host, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash bowser.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 6th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. The Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill.
4: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage. With Demos, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only
6: models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out BuyAToyota.com
4: for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Come in for
0: glory burgers, glory wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport.
7: To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys.
0: All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I mentioned that we'll be at Guilford Hall Brewery tonight. For the Tyus Bowser Show, of course, with the aforementioned Tyus Bowser, Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Going to be open seven days a week starting this Sunday, September 11th. They got a season kickoff party coming up on Sunday starting at noon. 10% off for everyone wearing football apparel, $5 half liters, cocktail specials, and more. They got free valet service every Friday and Saturday. Got the indoor space, the outdoor space. Um, Rita has been raving to me. This is going to be my first time getting to check out Guilford uh, Hall Brewery, and I'm very excited about it. Rita has been raving to me for weeks. She was like, dude, I hope we're doing shows there, and as it turns out, we were um i can't wait to see it we're playing on her home turf tonight really excited there's something happening every night at guilford hall brewery football trivia night yappy hour it's just such a cool place guilfordhall.com guilfordhall.com i got a big octoberfest party coming up as well just an awesome awesome place to hang out and uh, get a beer, get some great food in the Station North neighborhood. We look forward to seeing you tonight, and uh, you should be checking out Guilford Hall Brewery throughout the season. Uh, Nick Kelly, yes, thank you, Nick, trying to see the positives, Nick says. Uh, At least we have Coco, uh, Tiafo, and Carlos Alcaraz to celebrate. Um, Look, I I was on the air during the Tiafo match yesterday, and I was losing my mind. Um, thanks to those of you who put up with it uh, that were listening to us on 1057 the fan I, I I'm so absurdly excited for Francis Tiafo you guys know I've been talking about him for years uh, had him on a few years back wrote a story about him um, College parks own and his story is just so unbelievable and he's always been such a an easy player to both root for because of his tennis style and also to like just because of his personality. On top of it being one of the great underdog stories in the history of tennis, and on top of him him being a kid from Maryland, um, it's amazing, truly amazing. I actually like this matchup more than I like his matchup with Rublev in the next round. Um, oddly, like just because Nadal had been battling the hip thing, and I I don't know how I feel about it, but there's eight dudes left, and. Basically, any of them can win the tournament. Like, even Karen Hatchinoff could win the tournament, which would be just the worst thing ever, but he could. I mean, that's the reality. What's so bad about him? Um, he's just nondescript. He's just boring. Uh, it would just be boring for tennis if Karen Hatchinoff is he wins the Russian the tournament. guy. No, that's Andre Rublev. Oh, that's Andre Rublev. Rublev. is the Russian. Um, So, I, look, man, um, I know a lot of people are not going to root for Nick Kyrios. That would be a great story. I, I think Carlos Alcaraz, to me, would be the best story. Because, you know, he's the kid that could become the great player for the next 10 to 15 years. Whereas Nick I get it. Like, his story is more f- the breakthrough finally getting there. His story is a little bit more like Jennifer Capriati finally getting around to winning uh, Grand Slam titles after so much was expected of her at a young age. Um, there's a, There are good stories. Francis would be an amazing... My God, what an amazing story it would be. Um, and, and could he? Uh You know, there's a reason why he's at the lower end of the eight that are left as far as his odds, according to FanDuel, but is it impossible? Absolutely not impossible that Francis Tiafoe could somehow win the U.S. Open. Uh, Nick Kyrgios is the favorite at this point, and deservedly so, followed by Carlos Alcaraz, who had to grind out five sets against uh, Marin Cilic last night. That should not have had to have been a five-set match. Um, That's that's the type of thing that concerns me with Alcaraz. You see the brilliance, but... He should not have been playing five sets last night against Marin Cilic. Same thing for Yannick Sinner, who's the third favorite and definitely should not have had to go five sets with Ilya Avashka last night. That's insane. So, Kyrgios is definitely the one that's in the best form. Like, the way he played against Medvedev, dude, you play like that and keep your head straight for the next three rounds, you're winning the tournament. And, is, he, is he your pick, then? <sighs> Who I picked Medvedev before the tournament. So what the hell do I know? Um, well, now you know. There's. Eight I think left, he deserves so. to be the favorite. Okay. I think he deserves to be the favorite based on how he's played. Um, I I 100% believe that he deserves to be the favorite to win the U.S. Open at this point. There is still a I have to see it with Kyrgios, but at this point, you know how he's come through and knowing there isn't a Nadal or a Djokovic or someone like there let like that left that. We'll stand toe-to-toe with him, deal with the antics. Like Medvedev got frustrated by the antics. He did. And by the way, for as much as we're excited about Kyrgios, he also slammed the ball off the back wall in the Medvedev match that if it had been one foot higher was going to go into the crowd, was going to hit a spectator, and he was going to be defaulted from the tournament. So I I like the fact that Kyrgios is controlling himself better. Obviously there was the goofy thing where he ran to the other side of the net they hit a ball and lost a point, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But I like that he's controlling himself better. He was still a foot away from being defaulted out of the tournament. We we, we gotta recognize that. I'm excited about Coco Goff too, but I'm very worried about her matchup with Caroline Garcia. I don't love her chances there. I you know, again, it's a it's crapshoot, it's fifty fifty, but Garcia's been bonkers this summer. I mean, Bonkers this summer. So there you go. There's my uh, tennis update, and thank you, Nick Kelly, for reminding me that there are there are some pleasant things still to discuss. There are still positives, despite the fact that the Orioles have kind of crapped the bed the last couple of days. So it is, and yes, uh, Wall Street Window tonight's a new night. They need to be. uh, They will be good next year anyway. Good future, better season than anyone expected. No matter what, a fun season. Yeah, and that's what I keep saying. I'm I'm not going to move the goalposts. I wanted them to get to Labor Day and play Meaningful Baseball. They did that. I am appreciative. I'm grateful. It's just a bummer that it it kind of fell apart so quickly. Like, it's just, just a bummer. That's all. All right. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Maryland, best place to watch and bet on everything. A uh, big UFC fight coming up again on Saturday night. Nate Diaz is in action. Um, you can watch and bet on the fight there. Of course, another big weekend of college football. And we finally made it NFL Sunday. And if you register between now and Sunday a $50 football bet, you can be entered to be a part of the incredible FanDuel Combine in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland this Sunday with spectacular prizes, free food, just the best atmosphere you could ever ask for for watching the first weekend of games, including Ravens Jets. You'll want to get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel this week in order to make your bets. That $50 football bet will register you for Sunday's FanDuel Combine. Let's talk some Orioles. We'll talk the good and the bad. Joining us now, once again, he is an MLB writer for USA Today. He is Mr. Gabe Blacks, and he's back with us here on GCR. Gabe, it's uh, Glenn and Griffin. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning.
8: Yeah, absolutely. How you guys
0: doing? Uh, we're all right. I mean, let's start. we, we got to get the negative out of the way. I know you wrote something really nice about Adley Rutschman. I want to talk to you about it. But we have to deal with the reality. When I say we're doing all right, eh, we're not doing so great. Um, the last two days have obviously been pretty disastrous for the Orioles. And yesterday, the most important day of the season, I, I don't know. I know it's a baseball season. I know there's a long time left, but it, it really does feel like what played out yesterday could ultimately be what dooms the Orioles as far as their hopes of getting to the playoffs, which doesn't change that it's been a magical season. Um, it, are, would you want to try to talk me off the ledge, or do you think that maybe the, the practically, yeah, th- this probably is about the end of the run?
8: I would say why not both? Okay. <laughs> uh, I will talk you off the ledge in terms of saying that uh,
4: yesterday
8: in a vacuum doesn't mean that much in the big picture. I mean, they're, they're going to have to play really well down the stretch anyway. Uh, there's still a decent chance they take, you know, they split this series, take the next two It's uh, Mitch White tonight. So that means they have a pretty decent shot at, the, at winning the game relative to, uh, you know, facing Gosman and whatnot. Uh, so there's a lot of baseball left. Blue Jays still have five games with the Rays. Uh, who are playing really well, uh, they can still get a lot of help. you just got to win and uh, not pay attention to the scoreboard because there's so many teams at play. So uh, results-wise, yesterday, rough, but uh, nothing that's that injurious. I think the bigger concern is just uh, uh, kind of the, the, the soft uh, at-bats that have been going on, the, the, the manner in which the teams yeah. are able to get through them with, with like sixty some pitches in just uh, you know four five six innings over. Talking about a Barrios, a guy who has struggled, and uh, and Goss been able to really kind uh, of you know that that to me is, is the rough part. It's uh, it's very feast or famine. They hit home runs, which is great, yep. but uh, that's about all you can kind of rely on right now, and that that's a little more disconcerted. Gabe,
0: let me. I'm going to pose this question to you because it came up a little bit earlier. Was it a mistake to call Gunnar Henderson up to have him be a utility guy? Like, was it a mistake to take someone and say, "Hey, we want you to play a bunch of different positions and try to adjust to major league pitching at the same time"? Not trying to put all of this on him and the couple of miscues that he had at second base yesterday, because clearly, I mean, there's, there's, as you point out, there are some bigger issues. But it, it just, I don't know. I didn't like that when, when that was what we heard they were doing. There was a part of me that just said. You're asking someone to adjust to major league pitching, which is already difficult in the middle of a playoff race when they're 21 years old with no major league experience. Maybe just give him a position and stick him there, and tell them just worry about that and trying to do instead of trying to do multiple things at the major league level.
8: Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. Uh, I think. I mean, I like the idea on the surface, uh, just because he has the kind of bat that can be a difference maker, especially when. Uh, he's kind of sprung unsuspectingly onto opponents who have to kind of figure out how to deal with them. Uh, I think they got maybe a little too cute with it. Maybe second base was a bridge too far, uh, especially because, you know, I mean, the guy is obviously a very talented baseball player. You know that the the two double plays that didn't get turned yesterday, those are plays that he's physically capable of making. And perhaps that situation in a nutshell uh, was a matter of not enough reps. So,
4: Maybe they should have just
8: stuck to the left side of the infield. Okay, you're going to play some shortstop. You're going to play some third. Uh, I, I get the idea of wanting to keep Mateo out there. He's been so good. And yep. he's uh, you know, superb defensively, and he could be instant offense. So, you know, why not toggle uh, Urias and, and Adore through second base? And, you know, you know spot Urias at third when you want to, put him at second when you want to. Give Gunnar the occasional start at shortstop.
4: You know, there's a way to keep everybody's
8: bat in the lineup without putting him in a compromising position. It felt like they should have known the answer to that, that that might not have been you know, the best thing to do. They kind of kind of got burned by it yesterday. So generally in favor of it, but the, the second base thing was probably asking a little too much of Henderson.
0: He is Gabe Lacks from USA Today. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Gabe. Again, it's it, it, it. There's a forest and trees thing going on here, right? There's a macro-micro thing that we're dealing with, and of course, the micro being, it's it's frustrating because it it is now looking like a seriously uphill battle, and for a team that's been struggling offensively, it's just hard to figure out the the macro. Of course, being this is still insane. <laughs> like this is still amazing what has occurred here. Um, I know you wrote about, like, Adley Rutschman and the arrival of a superstar. And, you know, while, yes, maybe the bat calmed a little bit um, in recent weeks, we're still seeing every ounce. And I know he had a big day yesterday. Like, we're still seeing every ounce of someone who is, you know, exactly as good as everyone believed he was going to be, Uh, maybe somehow even better than that considering how quickly he's done it. Um, Is he already the best catcher in baseball?
8: Ooh, that's uh, possible. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. The uh, What strikes me about Adley is it really seems like he has the ability to make people around him better, and that's on both sides of the ball, both from a pitch-receiving standpoint, a game-calling standpoint, uh, obviously kind of the uh, you know the, uh, esprit de corps, if you will, that he engenders. And then having his bat in the lineup, it makes for a, a healthy lineup. He's going to see a bunch of pitches, you put him in the two hole. He has elite on base skills. Uh, he can hit for power. So I mean, on, on both sides of the ball, you're getting a guy who uh, is going to going to have a positive effect on, on those around him, and that to me is is just such a huge huge impact. And it's uh, you know you you get a little uh, leery about sticking a comp on a guy who's only had a little more than 300 major league at bats, but uh, what he can mean to the Orioles is. Pretty is sounding like it's uh, you know it seems like it's happening you know we'll, we'll find out in time we'll see uh, ultimately just how potent the bat is uh, but at 24 years old uh, it's, uh, it's it's pretty amazing to see what he's done so far and the effect that he's had and and now it's just a matter of how good will he be and, and will he be a you know batting champ caliber hitter a 25 30 home run power guy you know all that is uh, I don't want to say it's gravy but you can kind of rest easy knowing that he is going to mean that much to your team, and now it's just a matter of, of how good will he be just from a production
0: standpoint. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, we've, we have, boy, we asked a lot of questions about when the Orioles might step up, and, and you know, especially after we see what the Mariners did with Julio Rodriguez, when they might make that sort of declarative statement of, Hey, we're not going to be the team that lets our players get away in the future and we're not going to end up having to make another Manny Machado trade, although in fairness, of course Dean Kramer now looks like he might be a thing and so maybe that trade wasn't as bad as we thought it was once upon a time. Um but I, is it time like have we seen enough are you at all concerned about, you know, him being a catcher and whether or not that's the right way to go about doing it? Like does it feel like it's time for the Orioles to to make a declarative statement? And say, here's who we're going to be moving forward. Get on board. We're going to give a boatload of money to Adley Rutschman because we know he is the centerpiece of everything we're trying to do for the next five to seven years.
8: Yeah, I, I think that's pretty easy from their standpoint. I think the uh, you know the more difficult thing is uh, is from, from Rutschman's standpoint, where uh, you know you're talking about uh, it's tougher with the college guys uh, in terms of. When do you make the leap at the at the big long-term deal? You know he's 24 years old. He'll have less than a year of of service time. He may uh, get a little bump from the rookie of the year voting and 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 get that year. But uh, at the same time, you're talking about a, a guy who's going to be a a catcher hitting the market at 30. So what's the what's the best way to go about this? So you don't you don't want to take a too team friendly of a deal because your best money earning years may be in your late arbitration years. Right. It's that good. Uh, you know so it's a it's a very tricky thing to do Julio rodriguez you know twenty one years
9: old and i you know
8: the the structure of that deal is interesting i I hope it works out for him i i think it's a little bit of a curious way to go about it when you're a guy who was you know faced possibly with with hitting free agency at twenty seven at the same time i'd never begrudge anybody for taking <laughs> up to three hundred Yeah, million
0: generational days. wealth uh, right
8: exactly i don't want i don't want to go too far that way uh to be sure but uh yeah it's, it's going to be interesting i mean you know will year to year be the best way for him to max out his earning power in his in his best years and how many controllable years beyond free agency would the orioles want in that situation uh, along with all those options that tend to be tacked onto these things so
9: you know if, if you're
8: you're adley rutschman and you think okay uh do i want to be tied to a team my age 33 year that, that's going to be a really interesting question and uh and you know, again, so much that we're finding out about this regime and about Mike Elias. How will he go about this? Uh, how how will he structure it to, to make it possibly uh, stomachable for the player? Right. Uh, is he willing to take a little more risk than uh, you know? And I don't know what I don't know what Alex Anthopoulos is feeding the guy.
0: It's the unbelievable. Lineup, his
8: ability to get him to sign long term is is remarkable. You know, it's uh, you think yeah, let's do that. Well, you know, every player is different. Everybody's desires are different. So. That's definitely going to be something to watch. But to, to answer your question, yeah, if I'm the Orioles, I don't hesitate too much, and I'm I probably try to be pretty aggressive with it, just to to answer the question, get it out of the way, and not have to go through this song and dance once he hits. Because well, once he hits year three, it's kind of like okay, uh, he's he's. I don't want to say he's gone, but you know the the window has kind of passed to strike that deal. All so, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not strike?
0: Uh, to to your point, Gabe, I I don't think they can do the Ronald Acuna type of deal with Adley Rutschman, but I, I you know I, I think it might be worth spending even bigger money, you know, when you talk about that, like whatever it takes in order to get him to say that, just in in part because of the player, but also Gabe and I, and you know this from being around this area, in part for what it does for this fan base, and I'm I'm not. You know, we we saw a game on Friday night where the Orioles in the middle of a playoff race against the Athletics and there were still kinda only fifteen thousand people at the game. Like I don't I just don't know that there's a better way to galvanize this fan base than to say, look, we are a different franchise than what we were before. You need to understand that. I, I think that to me is is almost as valuable as, you know, trying to keep the player around a little bit longer.
8: Oh, absolutely. And maybe a better club might be uh, Austin Riley uh, okay there's a couple couple more years down the road I think he got guaranteed somewhere around 230 million uh, that would probably be a little too much for rushman right now but uh, you know somewhere somewhere between those you know those two points of Acuna, 110 Riley 230 you know if you're to you know say to athlete Rushman, look here's a deal uh, you're gonna get 180 million if you perform the way we think you will what do you think that you know that might be pretty tough to
5: try right. and you're
8: absolutely right I mean, I, I think about this all the time. If you're a fan, what jersey do you buy? And think about this. Think about how recently it was uh, to be a Washington National fan and go out and spend 150 bucks on a Juan Soto jersey. And, oh, yeah, baby. This guy's going to be around a long time, you know. Uh, so you're, you're absolutely right. You want your fans not only to show up, but to, to feel a sense of conviction about their team, that this is my guy, you know, which is probably why adam jones was so popular that, that was a great deal for both sides and yep. it just so happened to work out that he was here for you know what eight years and uh he really developed a rapport with the fans and uh, so yeah you're, you're right you need something to hold on to you don't want to hear about churn anymore you don't want to fret about another train Mancini situation coming around and oh in this case uh, this is potentially a, a franchise caliber player we're talking about so you're right it's uh, it is important to show something and to, to give people something beyond hope that, uh, well, the front office is smart. You know. Well, that's right, great. Right. Who,
0: who am I? Right. <laughs> right. Don't get me wrong. I, I I like that, but I'm not going to be purchasing a Mike Elias jersey anytime soon. <laughs> right. That is not the way it works. Uh, at right. Gay Blacks. Yeah. At at Gabe Blacks L A C Q U E S on Twitter is how you follow him. USA Today dot com. Gabe, really appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Let's do it again soon. All right. It's- Okay, should be a fun last month. Appreciate. You I guys. hope so. Gabe Lax checking in with us here on GCR. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope that um, you know, this, this these weren't kind of the the days that 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 were the beginning of the end. I hope that um, this is baseball, and that's what I have to keep saying. I had a moment yesterday where I really, I was, I was getting worked up in between games, doubleheader, talk about how critical the sec before we knew about the Jordan Lyle situation, like I was talking about it blindly, like th- this is the most important game of the season all of a sudden now, and I was getting worked up and I had to stop myself, and they were like, are you okay? And I said, "I. it's tough, because I have to remind myself this is baseball, and that there are still a bunch of games to be played, but, practically drawing up the path, it's hard to see. Gabe points out, the Blue Jays, not only do you still have six games in hand with them, of course, after this week, so you still have eight games in hand with them. But as we said all along, in baseball, you, you're not going 10, the conversation we had, we were like, hey, you got 10 games in hand with the Blue Jays. I talked about this last week. You're not going 10-0. and What you're hoping for is somehow to go seven and three. Because when you're two and a half games back going into the start of a series, if you can get four games back against a team, you're in great shape. Well, now if you want to go seven and three against the Blue Jays in those games, you're gonna have to win seven of eight. That's an awful lot to ask. Again, nothing's impossible. It just seems extraordinarily unlikely. This is baseball. Things happen. Not only do the Blue Jays have to play eight more games against the Orioles, but as he pointed out, they got a lot of games left against the Rays, too, and the Rays have been red hot. That might not be good news to the Orioles because maybe the Blue Jays end up beating the Rays, and the Rays have been so hot that it's impossible, even if the Blue Jays play well against the Rays, for you to catch up with the Rays. The math is tough. You try to calm down. You try to Relax. Remind yourself, long season, a lot of games, the whole thing. You try to do all those things, but it's hard to not get worked up. And as a couple of people, I know my buddy Paul Valley from the Bat Around pointed this out yesterday. Part of what made yesterday so difficult was this was the day, right? Like this was, I had been talking about the idea of meaningful Labor Day baseball forever when it became a doubleheader with a t-shirt giveaway and everything. Like this was the day. If you're going to go to the ballpark Today's the day to do it. And I know the weather kind of dampened that a little bit because it wasn't a beautiful day necessarily. Like it didn't have all of the elements, but it still had a whole lot of the elements. Huge series, two games to the price of one with a giveaway. It's time to come to the ballpark, spend your Labor Day with the Orioles. It had all of the makings, you know, basically 10 years removed from the Cal Ripken statue night. That was 10 years ago today. So basically 10 years removed from the Cal Ripken night uh, in the 2012 season, so there's sort of a parallel there. Like, all of that. And (laughs) is what you get. And so, yeah, that makes it all the more deflating. It's deflating because you're dealing with the reality of the circumstances. It's more deflating because it was kind of all building to this. Like, this was the moment. And if the Orioles had swept the Blue Jays yesterday, they'd be within a half game, they'd be making a declarative statement to kind of own the Blue Jays this year, coming into it. Like What we would have been feeling today, holy crap, I wouldn't mind waiting an hour's worth of traffic this morning. And instead you get the exact opposite of that. So it's all of that. All of that combined just leaves you feeling meh. But they're going to play a game tonight, and who knows? And who knows? They win the next two. All of a sudden, they're back within two and a half games of the Blue Jays with still a couple weeks left in the season. Do I feel great? No, I don't feel great. As Kyle Bradish pitched really well recently, and so, you know, maybe this shapes up well for the Orioles to – Trying to flush out what happened yesterday and go get them tonight. I hope so. I hope. You know, you're sending the two guys that have been your your best pitchers of late in the next two games. See, did we ever get anything definitive about time frame for Jordan? I like, I guess because they thought he might have been able to pitch yesterday, they probably think that he could turn around yeah. and pitch.
1: Yeah, I think all they said was just illness is what they said. I, so it, it was such anyhow. a weird, yeah,
0: because he was he was literally pitching, right? Like warming up in the yes. bullpen. Yes. Yes. Yep. Couldn't go. Seconds later. So I I assume they stick it out with Bradish and Kramer the next two nights, and they maybe wait for Lyles on Friday against the Red Sox. I don't know. I don't know how that all plays out. We'll find out. Um, as of right now, it's yeah, still playing. Apparently, apparently he had flu-like sim- symptoms. Apparently, so. I, but I just don't know if they had decided, like, right? Yeah, if, if, when he would when pitch again down. was the this was the question, right? Like, did they decide when he would would go? Um, I would think they're going to leave it alone for the rest of this series, particularly because Bradish and Kramer have pitched well of late. I would assume that that would line up for maybe Lyles to pitch, say Friday. To open the next series, but we'll find out. Okay, um. trying to wipe. It. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to to get it all out of my system. And let's just be excited. You would be excited if you've been betting with Jeremy Khan the last couple of days. Jeremy Kahn. a oh, heater of heaters. Uh, his picks at pressboxonline.com. I believe I saw nine zero and one. Wow. Or maybe nine one and one. Whatever it is, he- like he has been on an absurd heater. The last two days, maybe let me double check. I think it's nine zero oh, and one. Is that what well, that was his record yesterday? Oh, that was no for today. the last two days. Wow. La- I, I know he hit on his Orioles pick yesterday.
1: Okay, that was the that was the one that I noticed. Makes him kind of a bad guy. Um, oh, he hit, He
0: took the over, I think, in game one. Uh, okay, so his top plays of the day. He's nine and one in his last two days. Pressboxonline.com every day to see Jeremy Kahn's picks if you want to try to make some money. Um, speaking of which it is we are in the full throes of fantasy football season I believe I have one more draft to do Um, I'm doing a league with uh, our buddy Ryan Ripken Um, Uh, kind of a media league that he put together Uh, I know our buddy Eric Arditi is going to be part of it and uh, Jake Luke from Baltimore Beatdown and Adam Pohl our friend is going to be in that league as well do you like your chances I don't know because I've never played with any of these Like I've never been in a fantasy league with any of these guys before this is a new I'm breaking new ground I don't know Ryan might be cutthroat for all (laughs) I know like He was talking over the weekend about starting fantasy leagues up with um, just like fans, and, and, and like I, he and I ended up having a conversation where I was like, well, dude, maybe we could do like a media league or something like that, and he was all about it. <laughs> so we're doing a draft tonight. Oh, I got Rita to get into the league. Nice. Um, so we're doing the draft tonight, and I have no idea because I've never played in the league with any th- – Rita's never played fantasy football before. I think I'm so – think- She'll probably win, actually,
1: is what that probably means because, I mean, she knows football. I, th- well, just-
0: I, th- I think she's having some help. I think oh, okay. she's maybe called in her boyfriend to help her out a little bit with the team. Um, but the moral of all of this being, we're going to try to get some last-minute fantasy advice, and we're going to start doing uh, Tuesday segments with our buddy Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst, um, to talk about waiver wire specifically. One of the things that we always like did with when we do our Thursday segments with Ken is it, it was too late. Um, You want to make your decisions about who's worth grabbing. So we're going to do weekly segments with Joe on Tuesdays this season. And we're going to start that when we come back in. Joe Serpico from PressBox joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio.
10: This is the sound of 70,000 Ravens fans cheering a win. And this is the sound of Diane Heil of Annapolis cheering her own Ravens win. Woo-hoo! Seats for 20 20- Last year, Diane played Maryland Lottery Raven Scratch-Offs and won Raven season tickets for 20 years. Look for Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. You could win up to $100,000 or great Ravens prizes. Take it from Diane.
7: It's surreal and it's exciting and I literally can't wait.
10: Please play responsibly.
0: and food and drink specials we'll see you at guilford hall brewery
6: that first sip that first bite Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night
7: The 22 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Sports. Or you can listen at Pressboxonline.com/slash radio. So join us live on the Bat Around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports.
0: Come in for glory burgers, glory wings, there's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and
7: take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants, like me. Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on GCR. I keep trying to remind you, tonight's the night. In the first episode of Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show, we will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, 1611 Guilford Avenue. Show starts at 7 Come out, meet Tyus, his special guest, the legendary Justin Houston, joining him. We're going to have a great night. We're going to have a great show. You can listen to it. You can watch it. And you can experience it secondhand, including Friday night on 1057 The Fan. But uh, I think you'd have a better time if you came out, hung out with us, and met the guys tonight at Guilford Hall Brewery, 7 o'clock. Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Justin Houston, we will see you at 7. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more. Um, We're going to be doing this, I think, Tuesdays throughout the season. Normally we'll be talking about the waiver wire and who it is that you should be putting claims in on or what you should be bidding in order to get guys. But um, we'll just do one more sort of uh, preview for week one of fantasy football season. He is uh, Price Box Fantasy Football analyst, Joe Serpico, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Joe, what's up, pal? How are you?
9: I'm doing well. It's, uh, we're finally here, guys. Uh, you should be doing all your drafts within these next couple days, and then uh, we get it all started on Thursday.
0: How many, uh, how many drafts have you done so far?
9: I am on two so far. I don't like to do too many. I know KZ was a big... I was going to say, uh, boy, this is a, this a different
0: like, world, right? Yeah, KZ. yeah, he's
9: usually in 200 or something along those lines. I actually have one with him tomorrow, uh, so that'll be my third and final. I don't like to get too crazy. Otherwise, on Sundays, I'm yelling at everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know a thing or two about that. All right, I, I want to talk about guys that are risky, because I ended up doing a weird bit over the weekend where I... um. I ended up taking a lot of risks in a draft, so I just want to get your thumbnails about certain guys and wh- where, when, all that, for people that haven't drafted yet. I'm going to throw the first name out. It's going to be Ezekiel
9: Elliott. Ooh, here's a guy that, uh, full disclosure, I am an Eagles fan, so I have a little bit of disdain towards the Cowboys, but I he, to, somebody that definitely gives you cause for concern just because of how things were last year uh, he was banged up for most of last season so that could have been a large part why the numbers weren't the same as they've always been now he still is a touchdown machine when you get to the goal line he's probably going to handle the majority of the touches down that way but there is no doubt that the, uh, the emergence of tony pollard is something that you should be keeping an eye on if you have ezekiel elliott uh, just because it sounds like that they want to get him involved more in the uh, pass game, especially with all the injuries they have at wide receiver. So as far as Zeke goes, I would uh temper my expectations for him. I don't think he's gonna be that guy that he was, let's say two, three years ago where he was right. uh, somebody you could basically plug and play every week and you don't really have but, to. Worry but I guess
0: about it. my question is like where? Where where if you're still doing drafts, right, like in the next couple of nights, where is it that you say, God, Ezekiel Elliott's still sitting there? I I I guess I take this the shot at it.
9: Well, I have them in the let's say the four or five round range depending on the size of your league uh, just because running back after let's say the first 15 it gets really kind of dry so then you know in your case like I I don't hate the fact that you're taking a flo now hopefully you uh, you know, Kind of protected yourself with your early round picks with a couple more. Well, yeah, backs I mean, like he's that, my uh, yeah.
0: yeah, he's my third back behind Austin Eckler, but also behind another risk, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> so, yeah. well,
9: Saquon, I am bigger on this year than maybe a lot of people are. Depending on what platform you're drafting on, I saw the other day. Uh, I think he's in like the low twenties for uh, for ESPN, which in my mind is just absurd because I have him sitting as. I believe it's either 10th or 11th overall on my board. I think it's just another year removed from the the ACL injury and with new offense, it's a little bit more uh, friendly. I would say that Saquon is going to be featured a lot more and there's really no competition behind him for carries. So between those two NFC East guys, I would definitely say Saquon is the better option. But having Zeke as your third, that's actually not too shabby at all because hopefully, again, you kind of filled out the rest of your roster in case that doesn't work out the way you do. Yeah, uh, that, which, that's, that's
0: the bad news is that the running back thing went really thin after that. And so I didn't get back into the running back game until guys like Rashad White and uh, Tyler Algy or All Guy or however the I don't even know how to pronounce his name. So it could be, could be an issue. We're chatting with Joe Serpico, Press Box Fantasy Football uh, Analyst. Um, again, an, another risk. Where are you thinking about DeAndre Hopkins given that we know that he's not going to play the first six games?
9: Yeah, I have him closer to about that 100
11: range.
0: So,
9: uh, again, depending on your league size, you're looking at probably anywhere around 9 through 11. Um, a guy, when he's on the field, is absolutely dominant. But, yes, you have to take into account that he's going to miss the first six games of the season. Uh, that key gives, let's say, Zach Ertz, who if, if you have Zach Ertz on your team, uh, you know, keep an eye on him this week because he is dealing with an injury. It sounds like he may not go. But that does... Wonderful things for, let's say, uh, Rondell Moore, and obviously the former Raven, uh, Marquise Brown. I think that chemistry between uh, Kyler Murray and Brown is something that we're going to see early and often, just because, especially if Hopkins isn't around. But as far as Hopkins goes, he's like one of those guys we talked about a couple of weeks ago with J.K. Dobbins, where he's going to help you out the second half of the season. It, yes, it stinks that he's going to miss the first six weeks, but the guy's just so good, and he's going to make an impact once he's healthy, So if you can stash him and have uh, other players to uh, basically get you to that point, you should be feeling pretty happy about your uh, receiving combo once we get to, let's say, weeks 8 through, well, I guess the rest of the regular season.
0: All right, let me go through just to you biggest storylines for week one because obviously we're not doing waiver wire stuff. So we'll talk, we'll start talking about that next week. With uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. sadly, there will be injuries that will crop up this week, or there will be players that are utterly off the radar that have monstrous games this week, and all of a sudden, everyone will be racing out to try to get them. But for this week, the big storylines that you're following going into week one, the guys that you are watching to see what their participation is during the course of the week, the guys that you're saying, hey, make sure that you've got you know, this backup available. What are the biggest storylines as far as who may or may not play, who is a may or may not start for week one?
9: Uh, for me, it's looking around the league, there's a lot of murky uh, running back situations out there uh, just off the top of my head, you know, the Dolphins. It sounds like all indications that it could be Chase Edmonds is the main guy, but he's never really been that main guy in his career. And it sounds like they're going to mix in uh, Raheem Mostert, who who comes with uh, McDaniels over from uh, the 49ers. So I do think he's going to get into that mix. Uh, another situation to keep an eye on is the, the Patriots. Uh, Damien Harris was, uh, I believe, was number three when it came to total touchdowns in the league last year. But at the same time, it sounds as if uh, a Stevenson is going to get a ton of looks in this offense as well. Then you got the situation in Seattle. It sounds like it's going to be Rashad Penny out of the gate, but Kenneth Walker was drafted in the second round. So he ultimately at some point will come back from his, uh, hernia injury Mm -hmm. and, uh, make an impact there. So it, yeah, it's just kind of figuring out some of those situations at running back that right now, I wouldn't feel super confident about starting those guys in week one, unless you've got no other choice, but, you want to kind of keep an eye on all the running backs. Like even the situation in uh, Denver, uh, you know, last year was almost a 50, 50 split between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Javante Williams was probably drafted within the first, let's say 20 to 25 picks in most of your draft. But now we just need to see if he's going to get all the touches he needs to be that, that top 20 player or is Melvin Gordon still going to be a huge factor. Cause even Melvin Gordon last season, the two guys, if I'm off time of my head, I believe one was 16th and one was 17th and one was 17th and 18th, whatever it might be. So they, pretty much evenly got to touch it so that's what you want to get, keep an eye on all those running back situations i think most of our receiving stuff you know what's going to happen there there's just running backs they are hard to find after certain uh after certain times and again like you said you know injuries do play a factor and that's uh that is the one position where if you're not absolutely stacked, the running back injuries might be your friend in a couple of weeks
0: uh, there's no doubt. Um, I'll, I'll wrap with it. I assume that if Michael Thomas plays on, on Sunday, you're, he's Michael Thomas, you're playing him, correct?
9: I, w- I would be. Again, we talked last time, and I told you that I'm a little bit higher on Michael Thomas than most. I think Jameis uh, Winston being in the office definitely helps him out because it's not just going to be basically we saw Michael Thomas at his best with Drew Brees just hitting him on crossing routes and slant routes. And then he was just basically taken off. I think Jameis gives him a little bit of added dimension, uh, open things up more downfield a little bit. They do have uh, Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave in the mix as well. But if you have Michael Thomas on your team, I'm going to assume he's probably one of your top three receivers. Uh, You've almost got to play him. And I think if you notice after, let's say, the first two weeks, he's not getting anywhere between seven and ten targets a game, okay, it's time to worry. But I think for week one and week two, you just got to. Basically, ride the wave and see how it goes.
0: And then, what about it? You know, I know you mentioned J.K. Dobbins' name earlier. If J.K. Dobbins plays Week One, are you confidently playing him?
9: No, no, I would not have uh, J.K. in my lineup for this week, just because I think they're going to ease him back into it. And for the first, especially the first couple weeks, as you can lose your season the first like three, four weeks if you end up, uh, let's say, one and three or zero and four. Um, So you want to play your best players, and right now. Uh Dobbins might be best player on your team in, let's say, you know week eight, week nine. But for right now, we might only see him get, say, 10 carries this week. And we already know that Mike Davis is going to be a factor. Same goes for uh, Kenyon Drake. So I would definitely hold off on starting, let's say, a Dobbins this week and try to find guys that you know that are actually going to get a full workload this week.
0: All right, great stuff. Uh, he's got content every day at PressBoxOnline.com. It's at Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. And like I said, we'll be talking every week. We'll go over waiver wire stuff, who you should be adding, how much they have value-wise. That'll be a, a Tuesday feature on Glenn Clark Radio this season. Joe Serpico, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week, all right?
9: Absolutely. Take care, guys. It's
0: Joe Serpico, PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst, checking in with us here on GCR. Um, we need to we need to, to talk to this young man because we need to, first of all, figure out what his name is going to be, and then secondarily, uh, we didn't really get to know him on Friday because Stan was in here. Um, uh, we have a new intern this semester. He's uh, his name is Micah, and I was gonna stick with Micah. You gotta get that microphone right, getting right in front of the microphone for me, if you don't mind. Get you gotta slide right on over. <laughs> Hello, Micah. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, tell me. Uh, give me. Give me everything. Uh, the quick like um, twenty second bio. Where are you from? Uh, what are your hopes and dreams in life? Uh, you're, are you a Virgo, a Sagittarius, or whatever? What's your signing to all of it right now?
3: Um, I'm Micah. I'm a junior at Stevenson University. I'm a Cancer. I'm not okay. a Virgo. Yeah, I've, a lot of people have said that about Let's you, go. by the way. Let's they get.
0: <laughs> said that Micah's a real
3: Cancer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I heard, I hear, I heard that from Cancer's a lot of people. There we go. Oh, okay. Me and Griff have that in common. All right. Hopes um, and dreams. Hopes and dreams. I'm a business communications major, so. Still feeling out what I want to do, but I wanted to uh, get. So, some by the way, so am I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't yeah, get yeah. me
0: wrong, so am I. I'm about to be forty, and I'm I'm still <laughs> figuring out what I want to do.
3: Uh, so just feeling out different things. I'm interested in the radio, the talking, the production side of it, the brand building, all of that.
0: All right, um, I, I stand throughout mic of the mic. I don't I don't like that as much. I I'm okay with it. I I don't mind they're I think we could work on it, right? I think that we could go one of two ways. I I know it means nothing to you, but I really like Ernest Goes to Work, and I'm 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 feeling that one a little bit. For those people that are Micah's and Griffin's age, there was a whole series of films starring Jim Varney that was Ernest Goes to whatever, Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest Goes to. They were so incredibly stupid, but they were beloved. Sounds <laughs> they like were, so much fun. It was a beloved yeah. film series. Yeah, my dad would love that. Movie. I I don't know how to explain it to anybody. Like you. You would never, the, the guy would, yeah, he had an imaginary friend named Vern. Like, I, I'll never be able to explain the Ernest series to anyone younger than me that won't look at me and say, what? <laughs> Why was this a thing? And I don't really have an answer other than to say, you're just going to have to accept the fact that it was. But I also then thought that we could play with it and you could be MC Ernest. That was that. that, that was,
3: was an, a favorite of my family. Oh, really? They call me MC Ernest or they, MC Ernie. You went.
0: With, oh, so that's already existed. So that wouldn't really be our thing. I think we might have to stick. with I mean, with it makes
3: sense. It fits the theme of. Yeah, I
0: know, but we might have to stick with it because I want it to be our thing. I want you to have a name that's that's yours while you're here, right? And then you can have your own your own world. <laughs> I think we're gonna stick with Ernest goes to work. There you I go. I kind of like that one better. I kind of like that one better. All right, um, you're gonna bring back. Uh, young utes, and tell us what the young folks are uh, up to. I might so you can come in around this time every week, around eleven o'clock on yeah. on Tuesdays,
3: a little after eleven fifteen. All right, I'm gonna
0: think about oh, eleven fifteen. That's not as good. All right, maybe we'll keep it for Fridays. We'll we'll keep. I kind of like it better when it's just us. When it's just us gals, you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of like it better in those scenarios. We might make that a Tuesday feature. We'll see. You're trying, we'll, to, we'll, yeah. say so, you're trying to say something about Stan? No. I,
3: I. He's just not one of the gals. It's already,
0: <laughs> it's already a stretch to do Young Utes with me <laughs> because I'm – You don't
1: want to get the Stan's thoughts on a <laughs> – <I>, Like,
0: imagine <laughs> trying to explain Young Gravy to Stan. Like, imagine I don't understand Young Gravy. I will never will. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, but I at least am aware of it generally. I feel like maybe it might be a better Tuesday feature, but that is—it's a—it's a short time frame every week to try to. We'll have to think about that. We'll have to continue to workshop it, prepare yeah. for it for for Friday, all right? But it might end up evolving and being a Tuesday thing. We'll see how that goes, all right? I'll be ready. Um, you guys won your first uh, beach volleyball. Our Did I see that? Two. Our first Our two. first two games. I like that. The first ever uh, NCAA uh, men's beach volleyball program. It's pretty remarkable. That's pretty cool. You're a, you're, a, you, you, you're a groundbreaker. You're a trailblazer within athletics. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. You're a very important I'm. person. I am. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Ernest goes to work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, uh, stick around. Do, you do more training with Griffin today. Oh. And then after the show, I want to see if you remember how to post the show and how to cut up the show and all that sort of stuff. I'll have you guys do that today. All right. All right? Sounds good. But I want you to try to start taking some ownership of it all right that's Micah or Ernest goes to work that's uh that's our new intern for the semester all right um a couple things I didn't get to yet uh from Dave Dave says um Glenn your point is well taken about Gunnar Henderson here's my issue he's been playing multiple positions during the minor leagues it doesn't seem like playing multiple positions should be that much of an issue for him yeah but he wasn't really playing second base Dave I know that they put him there a couple times in the, the weeks leading up to him getting here, but he was playing shortstop and third base. Those were his positions, even when they were having these guys play multiple positions. And as they're coming up to the system, that doesn't bother me. I like the idea of versatility. I also like the idea of you don't know what your needs are going to be at the major leagues. I think I just went through puberty. Um, I, I don't mind that so much. But once you saw the writing on the wall that you had a shortstop, if you were going to bring up Gunnar Anderson, he wasn't going to be playing shortstop, and so I'll maintain that at that point, the decision should have been made, hey, he's the third baseman, stop trying to do too much here, and I'm not trying to be, again, I'm doing my damnedest to not be dramatic. I am the most dramatic, not dramatic person there ever is, like, there's no way for me to avoid being over dramatic about this, I understand that those two miscues yesterday were not the reason why the Orioles lost game one of the doubleheader. I also understand that losing game one of the doubleheader yesterday was not specifically what sunk the season. Because the season still hasn't been sunk. But it was a big spot for a young player to be in with very little experience at second base. And I didn't think it was the right move. When it was discussed, hey, you could, one day he'll play third. One day he'll play short. Maybe one day he'll play second. Another day he could play first. This is insane. You're bringing up a 21-year-old and throwing him in the middle of a playoff race and just saying, hey, dude, who knows what position you might be. And I get it. There's a lot to like about what we've seen from Gunnar Henderson. A lot to like. Kind of interesting, the position where he's looked the most comfortable is shortstop, right? Got a question to be asked about what that looks like moving forward. But more than anything, the specific thing for me would have been to say, this is your position. Work on that. Worry about nothing else. Don't worry about it. You need to adjust to major league pitching. You're going to play third base. That's it. End of story. And that's the frustrating part to me. I get it. He has experience playing multiple positions. But he didn't have a lot of experience playing second base specifically. And he wasn't trying to adjust to major league pitching while he was playing multiple positions in the minor leagues. It's a bit more difficult. Not sure if you've heard. It's in all the papers. From Ryan. Ryan says, Uh, Glenn, if we see Ronnie Stanley practice all week, should we assume that he's playing on Sunday? I mean, if he practices all week? I mean, yesterday they didn't have to put out an injury report, right? So they didn't have to say whether he was a full participant or a limited participant or whatever it was. They could just say, hey, he's out there practicing. I, yes, I think if Ronnie pra- Stanley is practicing all week, I don't think they're going to hold Ronnie Stanley out of the first game just for, the, for funsies. They clearly didn't do it a year ago. Now I get it. That didn't work out for him. If he practices all week, yes, I think he plays on Sunday. That's my gut, is that Ronnie Stanley goes, and they'll go from there. And I've, I've said this a billion times. We always like to try to per- – we like to outsmart everyone. Well, what percentage is someone? That's not a thing. We don't. We're not video games. Like you can't see that Ronnie Stanley's at 63% health, and if he takes two more, you know, fi- balls of fire. I haven't played video games in a very long time. If he takes two more balls of fire from the big boss man, he's gonna be out of the game. He takes two more body shots, like. From that, a- I, I don't. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's been so long since I played. I played Mortal Kombat 2. Or st- st- street game. Fighter, Street Fighter Turbo, man. You have any have any idea how many hours <laughs> I spent? All of my quarters went to Street Fighter Turbo <laughs> machines when I was a kid. I God, I love Street Fighter Turbo. Um, but the point being, like, we like to 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 think we're so smart by saying these things. Well, if he's at if he's at sixty percent, he shouldn't go. They have no idea what percent he is. That's not a thing. How dumb. When you wake up in the morning, do you always feel 100%? (laughs) You're just making things up. Dude, I only feel about uh, 77% of myself today. Like, you're just making S up. Either you're healthy enough to play or you aren't. That's the very simple question. Are you healthy enough to play? If you are, you're going to play. Now, it's more unique in the J.K. Dobbins situation where it's a position where you have some depth. And they might specifically have something in mind to work his way back into being the primary back. They're probably not going to do that at left tackle. That's a bit more of an important position. I don't think they're going to say, hey, dude, go out there and play 15 snaps on Sunday. See how you feel. I guess they could. It's not impossible, but it's not something they typically do. So either he's healthy enough to play or he ain't. Okay, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota... to co- What are all these papers doing? Uh, I don't know. I saw those when
1: well, I that came That must in. be
0: from uh, the guys on the Saturday show who just didn't bother to throw away all of their... All their what? I like, I like those guys, so I'm not <laughs> going to trash them, but... Uh, yeah, it did just kind of leave me all of their trash from Saturday. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: All right, um, right. Uh, I'm sure you saw Griffin's gratuitous grouping. I went three for four. Ah! I ah! Missed, what'd I you miss? I missed on the leads bet, on the soccer bet. My my stupid leads. They played... They played like absolute garbage. Of course you're a Leeds hurt. fan because because when I start first started playing FIFA, I wanted to take a team from uh the Championship league and promote them to the Premier League. So I picked Leeds and then I just stuck with them. Sure.
0: Yeah. Sure. So big Leeds guy and they played one, one, they played one, one year. On one year I put my when the when when people in America started to pretend to be uh, Premier League fans was around like 11 12 there was like a big push because i want to say nbc that was when they got the Uh, rights and so there's this huge push and everybody was like all of a sudden all these people were pretending to be premier league fans and so i put my fandom up uh for grabs i said i i will accept bribes whatever (laughs) people are willing to bribe me with i will give them my fandom and there were a group of uh, chelsea supporters that were like, dude, we'll bring you out here. Your food, your drinks are all on us. On wherever it is, they got together to watch the games on a Sunday. And I was like, all right, you got it. And I was a Chelsea guy. And I was a Chelsea guy through and through. I was the biggest Chelsea fan. I made up all these songs. I would sing them on the air. I would The whole thing,
3: right? <laughs> You're like, an entrepreneur. Oh, man, I, I was I, I was all
0: money. over. I went out, had the time of my life. That was the only time I was able to make it out because the games were on Sundays or whatever. Like mm. I just, I, I only ever made it out once, <laughs> and I had a great time. And so, if Chelsea ever does something, remember I've been a Chelsea fan forever. I'm the biggest Chelsea fan there ever. Big
1: uh, palicious guy, Christian Pulisic. I do love mm. me some
0: Christian Pulisic. I yeah. do love that. I, I enjoy his work.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, what I'm learning is I probably should just stay away from soccer.
0: I, in it's... fact, this is not a joke. I can remember the song I made up. Ah. He, somebody,
1: somebody on, came. You blues. On, no, somebody
0: came on and was like, "You're a make believe Chelsea fan." I'm like, "No, I know all the songs, <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea." I just made it up as I went along, like Chelsea all the way. Like that was. I don't know what I it gotta think was of a uh, bad.
1: Bit. Leeds has a song for one. Of, they have an American on their team. Named oh, did yeah. Did they it. do? Like, yeah. Did they just do American Boy? Yeah. Because yeah. that yeah. was that my, was that was. I a, don't know what they, the American, their lyrics he's are. Like, he's but our American Boy. Yeah.
0: You be my American Boy. Aridson, like, Aridson. <laughs> a bunch of drunks singing. I <laughs> a, just saw that, dude. On, it was the on, greatest video I've ever seen. All of these drunk soccer fans singing American Boy
3: by Estelle, but with um, you know, like soccer soccer lyrics in it. I was like, this
0: is amazing.
3: That's God. soccer fans definitely have like the cheering game we've been chanting like, defense for
0: a <laughs> yeah. thousand years yeah. in this country we are the dumbest people <laughs> ever it to
3: like three word maximum correct they team. have
0: rewritten great pop songs for every. Pl- like i'm so jealous while wasted while in the pub while pissed, drunk <laughs> <laughs> and they get everybody to do some idiot was sitting in a pub one day and was like you know what i can come up with and, it, and if you did that in this country we'd all make fun of you if you showed up and said, "Hey, for Sunday's game, we're all going up to New Jersey." I what's a popular pop song this summer? Uh, it,
1: uh, Hairstyles as it was. Uh, that song's dumb. Uh, um, Heatwave. No, no, no. The, the, the Beyonce song. It oh, okay, break yeah. my
0: soul. Right? Like yeah. if like like you if you were sitting in the like we're gonna chant that song, but instead of you won't break my soul, it's gonna be you won't break the the ravens or something like that we'd all make fun of you we would all be like yeah. this is, we'd all take that and put it on tiktok and make fun of look at this loser trying to get us to chant to a beyonce song meanwhile over there the, somebody does it in a pub and all of their friends are like boy you're brilliant <laughs> and then it becomes the biggest coolest thing ever that happened
3: we have the stadium suck. singing right
0: yeah it in unison all of them we can't do the effing wave and we shouldn't it's stupid like they over there are singing full-on show tunes show tunes god i'm so jealous all right go ahead
1: glad i got that out of you the reason i brought it up is because i wanted to drop a tidbit about temple i because temple was part of the parlay uh, i had duke minus nine and a half or whatever it ended up closing at they won 30 to zero over temple uh, and just temple is just bad they dropped their eighth straight game dating back to last season, and they've lost eight in a row by twenty or more points. So just probably add, keep adding. <laughs> Not that great. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Just
0: Might be a yeah smart play. <laughs> yeah,
1: wanted to throw that out there for my uh, friend Sean who's listening, and I know he's a big Temple fan, so I wanted to rub that in <laughs> for him. Uh, but so the big news is that uh, Anthony Santander big power surge here. Uh, he hit twenty five home runs, the first Orioles uh switch hitter to hit twenty five home runs in a very long time. I, and I and they were mentioning it on the broadcast, but I wanted to know i can't if, if I can't you remember you can who remember I, I who was most God. recent and who are the, the oh, last ones God.
0: i can't i I saw something on the broadcast about it.
1: six guys have done it, six orioles have done it <sighs> from both sides of the plate.
0: Have hit twenty home wait. Well, the, no,
1: they, they've been a switch hitter that hit twenty five
0: home runs in a season. Have been a switch hitter that hit twenty five home runs. So, who is the most recent, and who are those six? All right. So, the only one that I remember seeing was I remember seeing that Roberto Alomar had also hit home runs. Two had had him two games in a season where he hit home runs from both sides of the plate. I'm assuming he hit twenty five home runs. I don't believe he did actually. No, he's not really? on my list. Really. I can't believe he had... A, remember the, year, the one year, he was hitting 400 into like late June. I mean, it was insane that year.
1: Um, yeah, no, the most he ever had was 24, and that was with so. Cleveland. All right, Eddie, Eddie Murray, of course, has to be... Yes, he's not the most recent, though. Eddie Murray did, of course, hit 25-plus as a switch hitter 10 times for the Orioles.
0: I hear he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> um... Is gonna really frustrate me because it is it's very surprising. It's, just remem- it's remembering one. who was a switch hitter is the problem yeah. to me, and I don't. I just don't remember who was a switch hitter. Uh, you you might have to. Unfortunately, the most recent Kent Singleton was a switch hitter. wasn't He was, he? and he was
1: actually the he did it in 1979. Not the most recent, but he he has the most okay. switch hitting switch hit home runs uh, in a season for the home Warriors. runs by a switch hitter. Yes, yes. I gotta figure out how to yeah, phrase that. There's
0: no there's no way to you can't hit a switch hit home run. <laughs> like, that's not a thing you can do. Uh,
1: uh, but he hit 35, which is the most by a okay. switch hitter in Orioles. All right, who was it? Just you're going to tell me. Most these. recently was Bobby Bonilla oh, in 1996. Damn, I didn't know Bobby Bonilla was yes. a switch hitter. Before for that, that uh, Mickey Tettleton did it Okay, in 1989. Then Eddie Murray did it 10 times. And uh, also sprinkled in there was Mike Young. I. I
0: I mean, I know who Mike Young is, but... In 1985. Not a chance. Not a chance. And I believe
1: that is everyone. All right, very good.
0: Yeah. Tubular is brought to you today by the Print Issue of Press Box, which is available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Mike, uh, uh, Ernest Goes to Work. Hold that up. That is a mouthful, though, to just... And I don't think we can get that... Can We, we can't get that on the screen, can we? Ernest Goes to Work. I'll have, um, on, I'll have to work to on Like, that. across his forehead? Something like that. We'll yeah. figure it out. Uh, that's the new print issue of PressBox. It's available free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. They the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it off, pressboxonline.com. Mark Andrews is on the cover. Great cover story from Bo Smolka. Go pick it up today. It's also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Where uh, we're a week away from the start of the fall seasonal menu, I can't give, I can't tell you anything just yet. But I'm looking forward to it. They always, of course, have the best ribs, wings, and burgers in the area. GlorydaysGrill.com. Here's what's coming up tonight: uh, Blue Jays, Orioles, seven o'clock on Masson. Mitch White and Kyle Bradish, the pitching matchup um the Red nationals cardinals 745 mass and two twins yankees at seven on tbs mlb network giants dodgers at 10 u.s open coverage getting underway in a few minutes Matteo Berrettini is first up of course all this is they're into the quarterfinals at the u.s open so there's no more overlap all of the matches will be played you know independently they won't be flipping over to something else it's just one after another on uh, uh arthur ash stadium mateo mateo barrettini is up first and Anjibor against. Ayat, Tom Ianovich, and then tonight, Coco Gauff and Caroline Garcia, big one. Nick Kyrgios and Karen Hatchinoff uh, throughout the day. So U.S. Open coverage today starts on ESPN. Actually, it's on ESPN all day today. ESPN 2, the U.S. women play a friendly against Nigeria tonight at 6, and then the WNBA playoffs, Chicago Sky, Connecticut Sun at 8, Vegas Aces, Seattle Storm at 10. USA for WWE NXT tonight at 8. And, of course, the most important thing tonight on uh, Facebook, if you can't join us, and if you can't join us, shame on you, uh, but if you can't, you can watch it live on Facebook. The Tyus Bowser Show with Justin Houston tonight at 7. Um, some non-sports highlights. couple finales tonight. Uh, Hard Knocks comes to
1: a close with the Detroit Lions, the fifth and final episode of this, what, season 18, I think. Which is
0: definitively their Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Um, and then uh, season four finale of what we do in the shadows as well. Um, the final installment of the untold uh, Netflix series. Uh, it's the race of the century. This one is about uh, the 1983 America's Cup sailing competition. That uh, all.
0: Does not do much for me. Yeah, uh, big <laughs> upset there for if you over the New so. York
1: Yacht Club. So if you say so. Never I'll know.
0: Probably skip this one.
1: Um, and then uh, that's Nova's the end of the season. They they did four episodes of the untold series.
0: Did did they do some? Did I miss Manti Te'o, Tim Donaghy, and what? And this?
1: Yeah. Then there was another one. Um, there was? Yeah, I forget what it was, but there was. Yeah, I forget there was too. I remember seeing it. There was a, the there Marty was Fish one was last year. Yeah. Uh, there was. There was. I forget. All right. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Whatever. Whatever. We, 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 check, have we check check don't it. have time. We don't have time. Uh, we gotta go. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's on Seth Meyers. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to do what? I don't know. That's so weird. Talk about to uh, promote, NFL to
0: promote. Don't worry, darling. By the
1: way,
3: that was. I, what is, oh. wait, is he in? There?
0: You see all the no. Yeah, yeah. this is all anybody was, was talking about this yes, weekend. Yeah. Was the drama with Harry Styles, Harry Styles and, and his Chris Pine Ditto. Well, what do you think? Did Olivia? W- I don't. I, did he spit or not? I don't yeah. know. I can't.
1: I can't tell. I can't. A lot tell. of people think Harry Styles is a dirtbag for some reason. I guess because he he. Broke up Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. But apparently he didn't. They were broken right, up for a right. while. Uh, whatever. I don't want
0: to talk about it. I don't. I'm not. You can't get me to do this. I'm This would be a topic youth. for young youths, so, Yes. This <laughs> would be a topic for young youths. It appears to be very popular. Not for me. All right. Uh, we got to go. Hey, uh, 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 Ernest goes to work. Are you on uh, any of the social medias anywhere that people can maybe give you a follow?
3: Uh, I am Visco, on... Visco, perhaps? Uh, not that one. Uh, Instagram at Micah.Ernest. Yeah, please
0: don't show me. I... I I'm concerned that uh, you've got a lovely picture. I'm sure that's your girlfriend on your phone cover, but oh, uh, yes. but but I'm I'm too old to see pictures <laughs> like that. Uh, sorry, what is it?
3: Uh, Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Um, that's the main thing. Okay,
0: all right. Um, then follow him there. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, thanks today to uh, Joe Serpico. Thanks also to the Hall of Famer, James Lofton, as well as to Gabe blacks. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archers. <clears throat> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow?
1: Um, We're going to try and stop at Towson Football.
0: Okay, Tyrell Pigrome. Yes. And hopefully talk to someone from Bowie. Okay. Bowie Baysox. Big push. Big push tomorrow, plus uh, presumably part one of the Tyus Bowser Show with Justin Houston. All right, uh, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Great H Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, the Maryland Lottery, Guilford Hall Brewery, your local Toyota dealer, buy Thanks to Griffin, at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. Uh, go Birds, Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on Facebook or on video... Give us a minute, refresh, come back. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. Simply the Bets is next. Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. We are uh, running a little bit late today, I apologize. Not as late as I was running this morning, but we are still running a bit late, and I'm sorry for that. Coming up in uh, just a second, we will chat with our buddy Aaron Oster from out in Vegas at VEASAN. Then later on, we will head into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where we will be joined by our friend Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. That is all coming up. Oh man, what a week. US Open, baseball, college football, NFL, UFC. There is so much for you to try to bet on and win some money this week in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And let's try to win some money right now. Hopefully he'll have a better week than he had a week ago. He is our buddy Aaron Oster from out at Vieson in Vegas. And he's back with us now here on Simply the Bets. Hey, yuck! Rough week last week, pal.
11: Yeah, college football was uh, not very nice to me last week.
0: Yeah, not great. Um, I had a terrible college football week, by the way, too. I had a brutal college football week. Yep. I had I had Maryland to cover. I had Ohio State to cover. I had uh, I had Oregon covering.
11: <laughs> ooh, ooh! <laughs> I, only,
0: I only missed that one by about forty points. That's all. No biggie. <laughs> Uh, It was a rough week. But you know what? That's the way it goes. You just got to get right back out on the horse, and you got to go try to find the great thing about gambling, right? Yep. There's always more games next week. Uh, We, of course, with Aaron, he makes his uh, five L's every week, his local, his long shot, his long term, his lovable, and his loser bets for the week. Let's begin locally. What do you like?
11: This game is so – I'm going to start with the Ravens game, of course. Week one, got to do it. I'm not going to do something crazy and go off. I'm going to play the Ravens game. But, man, is this game tough just because there's so many unknowns with the Jets, obviously. The Ravens, you know, coming back from injury, you don't know from all the injuries they had last year. You don't exactly know what they'll look like. I'm kind of just staying away from the side and total on this one because I don't like betting into a game where there's so many unknowns. But props, even though they've been holding back the props, not just because it's early in the week, but they're also, I feel, especially holding it back because they just have no idea about the Jets. They have no idea who's starting at quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But a few props have sort of trickle out, and there is one that I like. Um, they have touchdown props. Mark Andrews is plus 105 to score a touchdown. And even though the Jets have gotten better on defense last year, they were atrocious when they fa- faced a mildly decent tight end. Kyle, Kyle Pitts got his one touchdown of the season against the Jets. Dallas Goddard scored two against him when they played. Hunter Henry scored a touchdown. They have trouble keeping tight ends out of the end zone. And of course, Mark Andrews is going to be, not the entire passing offense, but the first, second, and third choice of this Ravens offense, especially as they get down close to the end zone if they are passing the ball. So at plus 105, I don't mind that at all. So give me a Mark Andrews touchdown at plus 105.
0: All right. I like that. I am, It makes a lot of sense to me. I'm also staring at Lamar Jackson just running a touchdown in as yeah. well at plus 120. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at that one as well. Yeah, I'm kind of staring at that and thinking that might be tasty too. All right. Um, next, what do you like as far as something that's uh, long-term? Give me a future's bets.
11: Uh, okay, And we're going to make this an entirely NFL-centric because, look, again, week one, want to play NFL, want to get these in. Um, I keep looking at this one, and as a fan, I can't play it, but I think the odds are, are, are wrong about this. Um, the Buccaneers are the biggest favorite of any division winner, um, which, look, I get it. They're the Buccaneers. I get it. The other teams aren't great. However, the Buccaneers have a lot of problems particularly along the offensive line you gotta think i know we've been saying this for about a decade now eventually tom brady isn't going to be mvp tom brady at 45 um but it mainly comes down to the injuries the offensive line problems and the saints who i think have a better defense than the buccaneers i think look the the offense is questionable but they potentially have a competent offense and they're plus 300 to win the division now again this is something you, I just think is not the best odds. The Bucks look, they're, they're a big favorite. I think the Saints have a better than 25% chance to win this division. I think their defense could carry them, and if the Bucks suffer one more injury to the offensive line, I don't know who protects Tom Brady. So I, I think that this number ends up going down. I think you're getting a good number on this one. So give me the Saints to win the NFC South at plus 300. Oh,
0: man. Um... I hear you. I mean, I I do hear you. I do hear you. I just don't know that I buy. <laughs> that's all. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I, I I I I like their defense a lot. And you know, if Michael Thomas really is. I, I there's there is a lot to like. I still I keep coming back to. I, y'all can keep trying to tell me. You can keep trying to convince me that Jameis Winston can be a thing. I I don't I don't. He, is, he was good last year with the Saints. He was before the injured. He was goodish. Like, he was I, – I guess he was good enough given the team that they have. Like, if they could get that out of him given the team they have, you're right. I'm, they should if, be fine. If,
11: if, we're, yeah, if we're worried about the James Winston's interception, you know, he was 14, and three, 14 right. touchdowns, three interceptions right. before the injury last year. Right.
0: I understand. I understand. I, I still – it will continue to be I need to see it. Everybody else can just continue to be convinced that it, I just – I need to see it. I need it to play out that way. Alright. Um, how about something that's more long uh, long shots? Sorry, I'm doing the give me a um give me an underdog that you like for the
11: week. One thing I love about the FanDuel Sportsbook is just the number of creative props they put together, especially their prop parlays. Um, and there's one that jumps out for me for Thursday night football. Again, this is a long shot, it's something that is a little bit high priced for a reason. But uh, at the FanDuel Sportsbook, they have uh, both Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup on Thursday night football, each to have 100 receiving yards at plus 700. And this is one definitely a long shot because as good as Diggs in, he doesn't have a ton of 100-yard receiving games. However, he's noticeably better in primetime. He, he averages 11 more yards in primetime than he does in the afternoon. And look, Cooper Cup, we know that he can rack up the 100-yard games. So if you're basically telling me, yeah, it's about hundred, uh, about 7-1 to 1 for Diggs to get the uh, 100 yards, I don't hate it. I, I think the concern there is that Gabriel Davis is a thing, and they'll spread it out a little more than they have in the past. But if they don't, and the rise of Gabriel Davis also kind of coincided with mm. Diggs getting a little dinged up at the end of the season, I, I think having both of them get 100 yards is very reasonable. And it's seven to one, so I'll take that as my long shot. Okay,
0: all right. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening on that. Aaron Oster is with us from Veasan out in Vegas. We're going over his five L's for betting for the week. Um, let's get on to it. The one that you say don't make this bet, just don't. It's a loser, loser hoo- 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 hoo-
11: is what. Uh, so I looked at the board right when weeks or months and months ago, when the week one line started to come out and there was something I noticed immediately that I was just like, Oh God, this is going to cause problems for people. And that's simply the number of road favorites. Uh, this week, there are 10 road favorites in week one and there are a number of them right around that six point marker. And that immediately said to me, Oh God, people are going to go in there and they are going to say, give me, in this case, the Colts, Saints, Ravens, 49ers, Broncos, six-point teaser, bring them all down to about a pick, wow. and I'm definitely rolling in, and I'm going to win that money. Um, people are going to do that. Please don't do this. Okay. It, like, is I'm a... not saying every team is going to lose. Go ahead. Wait, so
0: explain, what you, it's a teaser on the Colts, Saints, Saints,
11: Ravens, 49ers, Broncos. There are five road favorites between five and a half and seven and a half points. Okay. Now, for a teaser, for, for people who are just getting into this, let's explain what a yes, teaser is. Yes, please. Um, a teaser, in, in most cases, there are, there are places you can do different types of teasers. But when we talk about teasers, generally we're talking about the six-point teaser. You can take a favorite down six points. So in this case, let's say in the Colts game, there's seven and a half point favorites. You can get, take the Colts, and you bring them down to from 7.5 to 1.5-point favorites. You have to do this across multiple. You can do as many teams as you want. It obviously changes the juice, depending on how much you do. Um, one thing, if you're ever going to do a teaser, and while a lot of people don't like teasers, I do like teasers, as long as you're playing it uh, in a smart way. You have to pay attention to how much juice you're paying generally. In a two-team teaser, you don't want to be paying more than uh, minus 120, three-team teaser you want to get that plus 150 but if if you're doing it right and you're doing it what's called the the standard or Wong teaser where you're crossing two of the key numbers the sevens the threes the tens um there can be a way however in this case i just don't like doing it when it comes to road favorites especially early in the season um road favorites don't generally do well early in the season last year uh, in the first three weeks they were 11-7 straight up. That's not including ATS or anything, just straight up. Road favorites were 11-7 and 7 in the first three weeks of the season. So, having said all that, if you're going in there and you're saying, man, all of these teams are going to win, they're, they're set, I'm going to get that teaser down because I'm, I'm getting them at a pick, one of those teams is going to screw you up. And by the way, that also applies to Survivors, to Survivors, First week of Survivor is going to be just a bloodbath because of all of the road favorites. But um just don't assume that just because a team is a big favorite that they're going to win. Okay. All so,
0: right. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued by this, right? Like this is an intrigue this is a very complicated loser bet. Um and I'm playing around someone's with
11: someone's going basically yeah, someone's going to screw you up, is what I'm saying. Okay. I don't know who it is, but don't do the blanket teaser across the board
0: all right so for i just just to play around with those five teams that aaron mentioned colts saints ravens 49ers broncos if you played a six point teaser on that you would get that at plus 333 and that seems yep. appealing right because it's five teams that should all win and at that point they're all essentially pick 'em. them the only one uh would be the colts would have to cover a point and a half Right, presumably, right. if they're winning, they're winning by more than. But it, basically, what he's saying is, if you played a six-point teaser, those all become pick-ems.
11: Yes, and
0: that looks. But you like, have
11: to win every single one.
0: Correct. It looks like an appealing bet with plus three thirty-three odds. Right? You say there's an opportunity to make some money. You put you put fifty bucks on that. You're coming back with like what 175 bucks, something along those lines. Right? Like it looks like an appealing bet but I get what you're saying. One of those teams ultimately ends up letting you down. One of those teams um, that they're going up against is a little bit better than we realized they were going to be, or whatever it is. So it's it's a complicated play, but I, it's a very interesting... I understand what you're saying. Avoid heavily betting on road favorites, um, particularly yeah. at the time of the year. We don't really know if these teams are actually good or not. So... Look, that, just,
11: just just think two years ago, the Colts went down to Jacksonville, everyone had them in a teaser, everyone true. had them in Survivor, and that blew up really quickly. That
0: did happen, there is no doubt about it. Alright, and finally, the one that you love, the one that you say, absolutely get there, however you gotta do it, hitchhike your way to Hanover in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland to make this
11: bet. Man, there, there are a few loves I have. I just for Thursday night, I want to give out to uh, Stefan Biggs over five and a half receptions. I think Cooper Cup over 26 and a half yards for as long as reception. I would have hit 13 out of 17 regular season games last year. It's one I'm certainly going to play. But after saying all that stuff about the, uh, the teaser and be careful about the road favorite, my favorite play on the board at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and it's one that you may have to rush out and get, because it's moved at just about every other sports book uh, in America, honestly. Um, as much as I don't like doing that big teaser that someone's going to screw it up, I don't think the 49ers are going to screw it up against the Bears. Right now at the Sports Sportsbook, the 49ers are minus six and a half favorite, point favorites at Chicago. And look, there, you have to be a little bit wary because we don't know exactly what Trey Lance is, and that's the big mm-hmm. question here. But I think the Bears might be the worst team in football, and actually I don't hate that play. If you're looking for another long-term play that you want to get in before the season, the Bears to be the worst, have the worst record at plus 750 is not quite bad. Um, I just don't think – there was a quote from training camp that I, I absolutely loved. It was uh, – you know they were, they were watching the office, like, you know, Justin Fields isn't bad. They just don't have talent on the offensive line and wide receivers running back. But other than that... (laughs) that. (laughs) You know? It was just like, the Bears aren't good. They don't have talent anywhere across the board. I think that even if you run a toned-down version of whatever the 49ers want to do, if if Trey Lance isn't that guy, if you just run the ball, you do bubble screens, and you just have the defense absolutely bury them, uh, I think that the 49ers are going to win this game. And like I said, I really like it, the fact that you're getting better of the number. This line is going to move. It's already moved to most other places. So if you can get it at minus 6.5, I like running out and going out now.
0: All right, very good. Those are the five L's for this week. Remind everybody what's going on at VEASAN.
11: Uh, check out VEASAN. You can sign up for the no- new pro subscription there. Check all that out at VEASAN.com subscribe and of course we're getting ready for uh this nfl weekend and getting ready for the heart of college football season so go check that out now
10: all
0: right and follow him on twitter at the a oster appreciate you pal we'll talk to you next tuesday hope everyone is their best it's aaron oster from Vison out in vegas joining us here on simply the bets when we come back in we'll head into the FanDuel Sportsbook at live casino and hotel maryland and we will chat with our pal leon twyman the general manager that's next.
5: This is Simply the Bats. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Greg H. Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash bowser.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 6th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. The Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill.
7: Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11:40. Bindle Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and Veens Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11:40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthall help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us. on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday
0: and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery.
10: This is the sound of 70,000 Ravens fans cheering a win, and this is the sound of Diane Heil of Annapolis cheering her own Ravens win. Woo-hoo! Last year, Diane played Maryland Lottery Raven Scratch-Offs and won Raven season tickets for 20 years. Look for Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. You could win up to $100,000 or great Ravens prizes. Take it from Diane.
7: It's surreal and it's exciting and I literally can't wait. Please play responsibly. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on uh, Simply the Bets, a Tuesday. We do it every Tuesday at 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, where, of course, this week, busy week one, the NFL schedule, another big week of college football, including Alabama-Texas on Saturday, U.S. Open, and, yeah, big UFC fights as well. It is another huge week for you to be hanging out in the FanDuel Sportsbook, getting all your bets in. UFC 279 on Saturday night. Nate Diaz against, uh, tell me how to pronounce it's Hamzat Chamaev. Hamzat Chamaev. Hamzat Chemaev, I guess. I think everyone pronounces the C-H. Hamzat Chemaev. Bingo. Let's make sure we have that right. It's Chamaev. Let's double confirm that, all Considering All right. right. Considering, let's just double confirm it, all, all right? right? Uh, I know Tony Ferguson's also on that card, right? So a uh, big card coming up on Saturday night that uh, you can get your bets in at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Let's head there right now. He is our buddy, Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, and he checks in with us once again here on Simp with the Bets. What's going on, man? How are you?
12: Hey, good. How are you? I'm
0: good. Um, remind everybody, is there still time for them to get in to try to be a part of the FanDuel Combine on Sunday?
12: Yes, there's still plenty of time. We're actually taking uh, those sign-ups all the way until the day of the event up to 5 p.m. on September 11th. So there's plenty of time to get in there.
0: So explain what it, in order to get in. And, or if you want to participate, I guess let's go twofold. If you want to participate, what do you need to do this week? And two, if for people that still don't know, what is the FanDuel Combine?
12: So the Vandal Combine, basically what it is, it's, it's just a big NFL kickoff party that we're hosting inside the hall here at, at Live Casino. Um, all you have to do is place a $50 football wager. It can be on NFL, it can be on college. As long as you place that $50 football wager, it gets you in the door. Um, and then there's also a draw in once you get in there um, for like some prizes and whatnot. But that $50... Bet will get you in there to participate in the combine. So they're going to have some different games there. I do know that they were going to do a forty-yard dash. I think that one got rolled out.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh that's a shame because I definitely would have won that.
12: Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, there will be a quarterback toss, though. So there, there's going to be a lot of games there. Um, they're they're sending They're going to have a really nice setup over there. So definitely something fun for. Everyone to come out and participate in, or even you don't even have to participate. You can just come and hang out, just because you know. As you know, the the hall is a huge venue. Yep. I mean, it holds thousands of people, so we're going to have hundreds of people over there. We're going to have a bunch of foods, drinks, games playing at the same time, kiosks that you can wager on while you're in there, so you're not missing out on the action. It, it's going to be a good time.
0: All right. So, and all you got to do is go at some point this week and make a $50 football bet of any kind. Correct. And you you do have to be a live rewards member, correct?
12: Yes, you do have to be a live rewards member.
0: That is correct. You're a live rewards member. You make any sort of $50 football bet, and you're signed up. So if you're someone who's thinking about where you're going to spend week one of NFL season, what you're saying, Leon, is you could literally just go show up at at 11 a.m. on Sunday get your bed in for one of the games on Sunday and then wander over to the Hall at Live and hang out at the FanDuel Combine all afternoon.
12: That is correct.
0: I mean, that seems like a no-brainer to me. That seems like the best way that you could possibly spend the day uh, with all that food and the atmosphere and the incredible prizes you can win as part of the FanDuel Combine. That is good stuff, man. Uh, how are the crowds this weekend? And how'd you guys? how did the book do for week one of college football season?
12: So the, the crowd was, uh, was really good. Um, you know, I was expecting it to be a lot more, but I think people were just waiting for NFL, you know, sport, college, college sports that brings out a lot of people, but NFL just brings out, you know, just a ton more people just to, just to come out and, and hang out at the sports book. So, still a good weekend. We did pretty well in the book. Uh, we did have a lot of large payouts, um, I think the biggest one I saw on here was twenty-five bucks to win eleven thousand. So we had uh, we had some large payouts, but we still did pretty well for the book as well.
0: Do you remember? Uh, you remember what that uh,
12: what that bet was by chance? So that bet was actually it wasn't even uh, wasn't even football. It was baseball.
0: <laughs> just, a bu- just a bunch of different uh, baseball bets.
12: Yeah. So um, it was actually. Some home runs. It was home runs and then match winner doubles. So some really high plus highs on those. On those, it was a it was a four pick. So twenty five bucks for all that money. Insane.
0: That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Uh, I would have thought. I. It felt to me like all the action was coming in on Ohio State. Did did that help you guys out that they failed to cover on Saturday night? It's...
12: Yes, that that did actually help us out. That's there was a, there was a tough luck on Ohio State. It I felt... had money on. Ohio. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: as did i as did you now glenn have some money on ohio state those sons of bitch all right never mind i'm sorry I'm, I'm getting a little i'm getting a little carried away uh he is leon twyman he is the general manager of the fanduel sportsbook at live casino in hotel maryland um of course this week is nfl week one and i'm assuming even with the fanduel combine going on it's still probably going to be a mob scene in the sportsbook on sunday
12: Oh, it's going to be absolutely insane in here, and the the whole weekend in general. I mean, we have UFC 279 on Saturday. We're going to have college football Saturday. We're going to have people coming in trying to get their NFL bets in on Saturday. And then, of course, you have Sunday where everyone's going to show up in. like, It's just going to be a madhouse, and I'm absolutely looking forward to it. And, of course, I have... waiting for the action
0: i, I know when you're 100 foot uh, media wall you're going to have obviously uh, the ravens jets game up on sunday at one o'clock and then of course at four o'clock you'll have uh the u.s open final up obviously on the uh the the uh, media wall because that's what everybody's going to be there to watch and bet on correct like that's the that's the big thing that's going on on sunday
12: that is correct yeah that's... so so it's it... It's just going to be big. By the, by the um, way, we're,
0: we're kidding. We're, we're kidding. The football games will be on the screens. We're kidding. I promise you I, it'll be the football games. On, the, the, the U.S. Open final will be on a screen. Like You'll be able it, to it'll see it. Be on,
12: it'll be on a screen, yes. a screen, like you said. Yes. But it will
0: not be the primary featured thing. We all understand, although I am very excited about the possibility. It could be Maryland's own Francis Tiafo playing in the U.S. Open final on Sunday, which would be...
12: Hey, never know. We, we might get that request. You know? Wild, <laughs>
0: wild, man, if that were the case. Um, remind everybody about betting pads.
12: So the bet pads, uh, as of right now, it's a $20 minimum. You can go up to the tills, talk to a ticket writer, ask for a QR code to fund your session on the bet pad. Go back to your seat, scan that QR code in the bet pad, and you have your own kiosk in front of you. It's a mobile kiosk. They call it a miosk.
0: <laughs> that I love that miosk term. I'm going with that, man. It's the exact yep. same. You're used to it. Oh, you know exactly how to interact with it, um, and it could not be more convenient as far as getting your beds in. I mean, it is the most convenient way that you could go about, it. especially on days like Sunday where you're going to get in there and you're going to be hanging out there all day long. Um, it could not be more convenient. Uh, anything else that jumps out at you that people need to know about before they head down that way this week, Leon?
12: So uh, yesterday, we actually started our free bet promo. So it wasn't supposed to start until later this week, but it started yesterday. So if you place a $25 parlay, any parlay, um, you will actually get a $5 free bet for every $25 parlay that you wager up to $50. All
0: right. And hang on. Okay. Hang on. This had a lot of moving parts. You got you to remember, I'm, I'm a dumb guy, so walk me back through it one more time. <laughs>
12: So, so what it is is that if you place a twenty-five dollar parlay, any parlay, you'll get a five dollar free bet voucher. Wow! You can bet up to basically you can get up to fifty dollars in your one session of a free bet.
0: So you're saying if I'm if I make twenty five or ten different twenty five dollar parlay bets, I can get correct. I can get ten five dollar free bet vouchers. Correct. Wow. Oh,
12: man. <clears throat> and the only the only the kicker with that is that the um those free bet vouchers, you have to place those on a plus five hundred or more odds oh. Uh, parlay.
0: oh, well this see this is interesting, right? <laughs> this is interesting because this could end up getting you a huge free win. Um, But you got to be really thoughtful in how it is that you go about playing that bet in order to try to get the odds to that number. Well, I am intrigued. And how long is that running for?
12: That is running until October 9th.
0: Okay, so that will run well into football season, so an opportunity for you to take advantage of that offer. Uh, Great stuff, man. I know it's going to be a big week. Uh, Can't wait to get back down there and see you. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right?
12: All right. Have
0: a good one, Leon Twyman, the uh, the general manager, of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, checking in with us this week on simply the bets five plus five hundred. You got to put a few legs together in order to make that number work and be comfortable uh, with it. Uh, of course, um, our friend uh, Ernest goes to work cannot do any of that. He cannot take advantage of any of these things because we want to make sure we stay NCAA compliant. <laughs> Very important. If anybody is listening, if they have bugged this room in any way, we would not be doing that. Not okay. For for Ernest goes to work. This is for entertainment purposes only. That's S- all. Simply a fly on the wall. Exactly right. Nothing more than that. Let's get a, a tidbit, uh, Griffin. What do you got for us this week? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. The, the, this All is right. the time we do that. Yeah I, know, yeah, I know. I know. I'm trying to. So, um. So uh, did you take the over
1: under or the over or the under on uh the uh, Hawaii Western Kentucky game? I uh, I Saturday did not bet night. that particular contest. You weren't going to stay up until four a.m. No, making sure. I was it. At, was it at that late? It was. Night? It ended. It ended up. I think it ended at like three forty-five a.m. The, the, Eastern
0: time. The, the Alcaraz match ended at about that time <laughs> last night. By the way.
1: Um, well, if you did, uh, I took the under in that one just because I wanted something to care about. I Ended up falling asleep, so I didn't get the. I didn't get to this sweat is this one out. The eternal
0: problem with Hawaii football is you get to the end of the night and you're like, I just want one more, just, <laughs> I
6: just want one more.
1: Well, there was it was West Kentucky was leading forty nine to seventeen, mm. and Hawaii was driving late, and so it's like it's it's three thirty a.m. on mm. the East Coast. Mm-hmm. If if anyone was watching this, um, and so they were driving, there was sixty six total points scored, and the over under was sixty seven and a half. So if Hawaii punches it in, it's over. They, they, it was fourth or, or they had a first and goal. So they had four straight like first and first and goals on the one yard line, back to back plays. Their quarterback was just trying to run it in. He had a clear lane. He just tripped over his own feet. Could have walked in. Did it on like second and goal. He tripped so over his feet, fell, and then the second, and then and then uh, and then actually I think it was a big tackle, but he he started stumbling on fourth rough, and goal rough scene and uh yeah and but it, it, even if you had had the over you still had a chance though because then western kentucky had the ball on like uh on the half yard line so they just needed they needed to get a kneel down for one final play um they did they did so the under cashed on that one uh if if uh one a great bad beat um if you took the over uh, and which one did you play i played the under
3: yeah, so I, I woke up. quarterback must have handled Yeah, <laughs> hammered the under
1: too <laughs> so i woke up and i was like oh sick that's rough. That is real rough, man. Um. So yeah, ton of college football. Ma- imagine delays. being up that late <laughs> too. Like, imagine you're staying
0: up. Someone over here on the oh, East Coast. Somebody. Just... Somebody did something really. Somebody made a terrible decision <laughs> yeah. in their life. Like, I mean, like that. Because first of all, you're obviously drunk. Like you you've obviously consumed a great amount of alcohol. And you're up at 3 30 in the morning and you're just waiting on one more bet to come oh, in. Come on, you're just like, walking there. there. Someone did something very bad. Someone <laughs> does not have their TV. Someone tossed their entire bed out of a second story window. Something like that happened. Remember when uh oh god, you guys are probably too young for this even. I was gonna say, you remember when Ronnie threw Sammy's bed out of the room on Jersey Shore? Like that something like that occurred because of this Hawaii football game at three thirty in the morning. I would Saturday. love to hear about it. Please
1: oh, tell us. God. Please tell us about it. God.
0: Um, I had a couple more
1: uh, college football parlay losses. Someone had eleven it's, it's okay
0: when it's cheeky. The problem is when you find out it's actually a lot darker than that, like what somebody did because they lost oh, yeah, like true. it's it's true. fun when it's a cheeky story, when you just did damage like you ran your head into the wall, you gave yourself a concussion, like, all right, that could <laughs> Do be you funny. Think do you think Hawaii made someone homeless this weekend? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably the case. I think Hawaii's made a few people homeless over the years.
1: Uh, so someone had $11,000 on the line in a 13-leg college football parlay off of a free bet, too. Um, and they just needed Houston to beat Florida uh, straight up at the end of that one, and then they threw the game-ending interception in the end zone that Florida picked off and was able to hold on to win that one. So that parlay did not hit. Mm. Um. Also, someone painted uh, Oregon plus seventeen like on their car windows, with like that. What that car? I mean, I guess it's safe paint, but they they were like trying to go through the car wash. They couldn't get it off, oh, so they're just gonna be driving around for the next good, month or so <laughs> with Oregon plus seventeen, and they lost by forty six. Good, good. Yeah, it was. Uh... There were some wins. Someone put ten thousand dollars on Alabama. To just win straight up against. No, by the way, State. nice nice pick yeah. on your part. Yeah. Nice pick on your part. I thought they'd at least get in the end zone, man. I mean.
0: Who was it? New Mexico State?
1: U- Utah State. Utah State. <laughs> take New Mexico State to cover. They lost 55 Oh, um, yeah. So someone put 10K on Alabama. They made $50. I make, I'd make
0: more fun of you, but I picked Maryland to cover. Yeah. So, you know, it's what it is. I don't even remember what my uh, Andy Ruiz bet was. That was a funny thing. I don't even remember what the bet Andy was. Andy Ruiz won. I but I, I understand yeah. that, but I can't remember what the bet was that I made. I that. think I bet him to win via the. Points, uh, I think, was the way that I should I should uh, I pull it up and play and it? I, see what we if I did, it's a big win for your boy. Pull up our bad ticks. I, I needed, I needed a win <laughs> badly, and so as long as that's what I picked, I did get
1: a win. I'm looking he, forward to writing the ship uh, this weekend at UFC. Speaking the, of which, I did hit. A, I hit a nice uh, UFC. part did because there was France. Not help us when you're not sharing. Yeah, it I know. With I everyone. Have, well, I mean, you should have known. They're We're in France about what you. So I took all five. French fighters on the card to yeah. win, and it was like plus seven hundred hit, and they all won. Yeah, they all How won. How about that? That's pretty cool. It's kind of neat. Um, so, uh, nineteen team, nineteen like college football parlay. They put one dollar to win twenty two k. Clemson was the last leg that last night that they needed, and they covered, and they put one dollar to win
0: twenty. Yeah, one dollar turned into. Who were the other? What were the other legs?
1: Uh, I can look it up. I didn't write it down because it was nineteen of them. But it was they, it was like legit. It never was legit mind. stuff. Never, like They had spreads. Like they had mi- spreads in there. Never it mind. Was, it could have gone either way. Another eleven teamer. This one, this guy put one hundred fifty dollars on eleven leg college football parlay, seventy seven thousand right dollars. and Amen. it hit. Yeah. And baseball still going on too. Someone put fifteen dollars on Otani to hit two homers last night, twenty eight to one. He hit two homers. Last did, night. He did indeed. And uh, they lost, didn't they? I uh, no, they did. What they actually and they the won Angels that one? Did. Right, yeah, wow. They won like nine so this zero. This is not a tungsten arm situation yeah.
0: last night. That's neat. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, thanks to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Leon Twyman for joining us. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday for the next Simply the Bets. Uh, enjoy your week down in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. And may the odds be ever in your favor.